Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickaloaf and Dr. Zong! hear the yawning already welcome to episode 12 of silver and gold we are some yawny motherfuckers this morning can't believe you heard that <laughs> oh yeah i hear everything <laughs> i even held back <laughs> i am the loaf with me dr zom howdy howdy yeah it's a it's a very low-key kind of morning i'm afraid low um, key. the uh hey <laughs> Fuckers, what's uh, up? Episode twelve, where this week we're doing uh, for finally for Mr. Reverend Scott, the uh, creator of our fabulous intro. Um, he, you know, months and months and months ago, it was still hot outside. Uh, said um, he asked us to cover Thursday because I said, you know, let's uh, let's have you program a show. So he didn't do a double, but he picked th- he picked Thursday, a film from nineteen ninety eight, which. Wasn't around for very long, apparently. It's uh, out of print, DVD, and seemed like I had trouble getting picked up and all that fun stuff. So, uh, the and the other film, uh, Big Wednesday from 1978, with uh, the, the Golden Goddess. I mean, God himself, Mr. Jan Michael Vincent, Mr. Airwolf, and uh, William Cat, and um, some guy with big teeth. Um, the uh, so uh, yeah, Hump Days. Double feature for you, Reverend Scott. And uh Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus and Allah. Uh oh uh, yeah, my brain's not working today. I'm I'm out of it too. So now the Department of Homeland Security is gonna come after us. <laughs> We've just been flagged. Uh, I haven't even put the episode out yet and I've already been flagged. It went through some wire somewhere. Um so yeah. Oh yeah, it did go over Skype, so uh, for, so first, before we get into our lovely <sighs> movies, and uh, we stretch and yawn, uh, we'll talk about what we watched this week. Oh, we're getting into that already. Okay, oh, well, right. yeah. Well, okay, how about first? You any, <laughs> that's you, all right. How, how, how are you doing? I, I guess I should have asked that. I'm not to, let's just get to what we've been watching. Son of a bitch. It's a fucking... Uh, people, <clears throat> the world is full of ebbs and flows. And um, sometimes you might be sitting at home and everything's just going along and all and a bunch of like some good happens. You're like, fuck. Well, for some reason, like things are have just been um, even when I put on my the you know like ah oh, I gotta have a just uh, get in a good mood. You know, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna let things get to me. I'm gonna get in a good mood. This and that. I mean, everything is fucking getting on my nerves. 
And I'm, <laughs> it's not that I'm in a bad mood because it's not like I'm not being provoked. <laughs> but there are certain things and certain people in my life as we speak that are that are really oh, um I actually thought about taking a little personal day tonight <laughs> from work because I am uh let's just say uh, uh oh, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. Uh, yeah. Um <sighs> It was a weird fucking week because um, it's just a weird week. I feel like that, that there's something not like something's out of uh, I don't know. Like the most, or well, I just almost said something that I should say. <laughs> well, so like like at the Apple Store, for instance, I have had a constant stream of just jerks and like just people See, that you just can't satisfy. I don't I don't understand what's been going on since last Thursday or Friday. Just people just been ugh. Like I had Maybe a guy yell at me at the movie theater. On. What? Maybe there's just something going on because that sort of sounds like my fucking week. Yeah, like I, I, like Thursday at the movie theater. Now, it, when we play Telugu Tamil movies, those are regional Indian films. The 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 people that like to watch them, they like to watch their fucking movies loud. And if you mm -hmm. turn it down, they'll come out and say something. Right. Well, unfortunately, we have this movie Margin Call. Um, that's not the loudest movies. And when the Tamil music was playing, you could hear it in the theater next door. Right. This old guy comes out, and I had two people that last week complain about it. Mm -hmm. One guy was just like, oh, yeah, just a suggestion. I mean, um, if it's possible, you might want to move, you know, play Margin Call in another theater or the, or the other one because you can really hear the beat of the music he's like yeah i'm not you know i'm not i'm not angry or anything i just it was just a suggestion because you know there's silent there's you know quiet moments in the movie and then all of a sudden you hear like boom, 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 you know through the wall um and then there's this old guy that comes out and he's like turn the music down we're like what he's like i can hear the music from the hallway i'm like um no i think you can hear the music from next door and so he grumbles and goes back in the theater and he comes back later and asks to speak to the manager which is me um and he starts yelling at me about the same thing. I'm like, well, you know, I have 50 more, 50 or more people in this theater. If I turn the volume down, I'm inconveniencing, inconveniencing them for, you know, one person. I really can't do that. And uh, he's like, yes, turn it down. Like he completely, like as soon as I said, I can't turn it down. He just heard, turn it down. And he's just, and he starts yelling at me and he's like, I've supported this theater for a long time. I will not support this theater anymore. And I'm like, did you really need to say that? Got it off your chest? I don't care. <laughs> Fucking, you'll be you'll be dead before you give us another thirty six dollars anyway. <laughs> Fucking old fuck. And uh, <laughs> and then everybody at the there's just some people at the Apple Store coming in and fucking just yelling and crying. One woman stood in the middle of the floor with a fucking. She held her item up. I don't know if anybody if if anybody's ever not been to an Apple Store. We don't have cash registers. We're walking cash registers. We have these little iPod touches we can scan stuff with, scan credit cards and all that. So you got to find somebody with a blue shirt and ask them to check you out. So this one lady just got frustrated of waiting, and she stood in the middle of the floor, held her little whatever it was, cell phone case in the air, and started screaming, Can someone check me out? Can someone check me out? Over and over and over again until she got attention. I'm just, and that's the kind of week I've had at work, so... I feel better about my week now already. <laughs> oh, uh, and one guy apparently threatened to shoot somebody because it, cause it's going to cost $900 to fix his computer. What the fuck did he do to the goddamn son of a bitch? He, like, spilled beer on it or something. Well, then go buy another one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 900 bucks, I'd buy a new one. Yeah. So, anyway, fuck. yeah. And besides fuck. that, I did have a customer come in and give me a 
an original 1984 Macintosh out of the blue. He he asked. He said, "Do you know anybody that would want this?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I want it." Boing. And, uh, and he went out to his car and got it and brought it in for me. I was like, "Holy shit!" And I must have looked really funny because I was wearing uh, high tops, tight pants, and a fucking members only jacket, carrying a a 27 year old <laughs> Mac through through the store in the parking lot. Like, somebody must have thought I got out of a fucking time. It was machine. as big as a suitcase. No, no, no. They're tiny. They're tiny. So the original oh. Mac. So not 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 a not well, an Apple II. The boner or the computer? Yes. All right. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Well, you know, hey, fuck it. it next week will be better. Uh, it probably will be. I, be. I, maybe it won't. Maybe this <laughs> is the end. I heard that the end is nigh. And I don't really give a fuck. I say to this, you know, listen, Jesus Christ, or whatever your name is this week, uh, if you want to bring on the damn apocalypse or one of that bullshit, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> anyway, what have I been watching? What have you uh, been watching, sir? I watched um, several movies this week. Cinema. This is a movie podcast. I watched Awful Normal, which was a documentary about um, these two girls. And um, when they were young, uh, one of them was only five years old. And I keep smacking my lips for some reason. It must be all the jizz that's caked up underneath, um, between my lips and my teeth. I use it like snuff. <laughs> I just like stick my tongue down in there and then I'm like, I save it for later. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I don't know about this facial hair shit. Uh, you've had it for a while now and, and I've, I've been, uh, uh, cultivating this goatee for probably a month or a little bit over a month now. And it's just, uh, I drink and then I have to suck all the water out of the mustache (laughs) And uh, when I eat, like, I, what was I eating the other day? And I just kept, I, I could feel, like, stuff going down into the goatee, and then I was licking do it. You, do you it, use, like, a fork and spoon when you eat, or you just kind of, like, put your face in the, in the food? I, well, <laughs> I mean, I figured the fork would, like, hurt her. <laughs> and, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I was like, Nina, this pile of roast beef looks delicious. Anyway, oh yeah, that, that thing is a total scent saver. I fucking will smell coffee on my mustache like hours later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It's it's uh, I like it because it makes my fat face look like uh, like I don't have as many double chins and shit like that. So I think a lot of older guys, uh, I know why they grow like beards and um, and um, goatees because it does you know take away from when you start getting the fat fat head. Anyway, awful normal as uh, documentary. Um, these two sisters, uh, when they were younger, and the one was only like five years old, their f- mom and dad had a like most mom and dads do. They have you know fr- uh, the mom and dad have friends, and their 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 friends had kids too, so they'd go on these cookouts and stuff like this. Well, the guy that was their the the uh, the husband of the friend couple uh, was molesting. Um, he molested uh, the one girl when she was, I think, four or five, and then he um, he started to molest uh, this one in in this van when they were coming back from a trip, and they all went in the house. And he said, "Oh, I'll get so and so," because the kids were all sleeping. They picked up, you know, a couple of the kids, and he said, oh, "I'll get so and so." Well, he started like following her and stuff, but then 
he didn't have enough time. So he did. Well, this was years later. This is, I'd say they were in there maybe like, um, late twenties, early thirties. And they, you know, got together and they, um, they, what they, they talked about confronting this guy. Of course, he's like an old man. Now he was divorced from his, um, his wife and everything. And it, it just came into that, how, how people cover it up because of embarrassment and shit like that. And they actually do go, you know, confront the guy, which it was pretty intense. And it was, it was kind of painful a lot of times to watch, uh, because uh, this situation had the, the one girl that uh, he had actually done it to like several times. Um, you know, she's a grown adult and she, you know, said she couldn't have a relationship with a man and this and that and everything. So it really, it really fucked up her entire life. So it was kind of cool to see her, um, them confront, but it wasn't, it was not what you think. I mean, it wasn't like a screaming match or anything like that. He had been, I think, eventually, uh, found out and everything so it was just out there anyway but they just want to talk to him and it was calm and they sit there and talk and they ask him questions like you know why did you do this to have did you do this to anybody else blah blah blah, blah. and he said he hadn't but who knows anyway uh the next one was another documentary called eileen the life and death of a serial killer which was a, a movie about um eileen warnos that um they uh charlize theron made the movie was it monster Monster, yeah. Yeah, and um, so this was the second one that this guy did. The first one was, uh, I think, called like the selling the ser- selling of uh, a serial killer, the selling of Eileen Warnos or something like that. And it was all about how she kind of um, – uh, her like her lawyer was this real goofy – it was like one of these TV lawyers that you see on TV. And he had a name like Mr. Awesome. I mean, it was like literally his name. <laughs> He smoked pot and stuff like that, and uh, had a big, uh, be kind of an afro, and and um, but anyway, uh, it just kind of showed. You almost, uh, it's like, I'm not a, I'm a uh, against the death penalty, and a couple movies that I watched um, this past week kind of deal with that, and how it's like, you know, how can you, uh, some of these people. First of all, as far as getting a fair trial and a fair shake uh, to start with, and you're going to put them to death. And second of all, some of these people are borderline, you know, mentally challenged and or have mental problems like they're crazy. Yeah. And is it right to put someone like that to death? And and the the um, what they think was like the first guy that um, she killed. I mean, he was a convicted rapist. I mean, you know, so. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, when she was saying, you know, the guy was raping her and she killed him, but it, it's, it was pretty good. It was a good documentary. Um, the next one I watched uh, jarhead with, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jamie Foxx. It's a pretty good movie. I've seen it before. Um, uh, it's, uh, going, if you like the, the, uh, subject of snipers, it's pretty good. And it's yeah. got some funny shit in it too. I'm not a big Jamie Foxx fan though. I can't remember. I, I know I've seen that, and I have no idea where. It's like, it doesn't seem like a movie I would rent. I must have seen it in a theater, but I don't know why I w- I'd have ever even paid to see that. His and uh, Gyllenhaal's brother-in-law, uh, Skarsgård, is in it too, and he's. I like him. He's really good. Uh, the guy that played Jim on the or that plays Jim on The Office, you catch him in there too. Oh, he's cool. got a small part, uh, which I didn't realize the first time I saw it. 
Um, the next one I watched was, like I said, uh, the awful normal one about the uh, child molestation. This one was a documentary called Stevie. And uh, what it's about is um, uh, the, the guy that makes the movie, that's the, the, the documentarian, he, uh, when he was younger, he decided he was going to join the, like, the Big Brother program where you uh, become a big brother to a, a, a kid. Right. And um, this little boy was kind of a troubled kid. And he became like the big brother figure and everything. And he um, spent a lot of time with him and everything. Well, then after, I mean, let me think if he was, say, between, you know, maybe like 10 years old then. Well, now he was like 30 something and he hadn't seen him in, you know, 20 years or whatever. So he went back to find out what happened to him and it was not good. Uh, the things that, that that had happened and uh and um, he actually had um, uh, been a, been arrested for uh, molesting a, an eight year old girl, and uh, but he was like I said, I mean this this guy was from day one when he was a little kid, he was mentally disturbed. He was passed from foster home to foster home. He was raped. Uh, the the guy, the actual guy, Stevie, um, in one of the foster homes, and it just messed him up for life. And, you know, so then they say a lot of times when someone has that happen to them, when the traumatic incident happens, uh, they never progress past that point mentally. And so all through the movie, you know, people said, you know, he's almost like he's still just a little kid, even though he's a grown man and uh, the way he acts and everything. And often people that are molested uh, men, I don't know about women, but men. Uh, if they're molested as a child and stuff like that, uh, sometimes they continue that on. It's like, and I'm not saying that with Michael Jackson that 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 he molested kids. There was speculation that he did, but that um, you know some of the abuse that he suffered when he was young, he never progressed past that point, and that's why he was so childlike yeah. and like hanging around with kids. So anyway, it was good. It was a really good documentary. <clears throat> It was long. That one was, uh, I mean, it was like over two hours long. And I, I was sitting there, I was like, my God, this thing's long, you know, because you wanted to find out what, you know, get the, the, the conclusion. Uh, next one I watched I had seen before, Captain America with uh, Chris Evans and Hugo Weaving. Um, I actually liked this better the second time than I did the first time. The first time I thought it was good, but I, I was kind of like, yeah, it was good. It was all right. You know, it wasn't, but it wasn't great. I just still don't think it was great, but I liked it kind of more this time. I won't go too much into that one. It was, um, eh, I can see, you know, they were setting a lot of it up for the Avengers, but they did a good job. Of course, uh, they did more of the Marvel Ultimates Captain America than they did the just the basic Captain America. Uh, next one I watched was Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz. I didn't uh, expect much from this. Um, I don't like Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> I won't play but, this week. Yeah, but you know what? This was funny. It was it was really super duper raunchy, but in a good way. And uh, there were times, like I've always said, that Cameron Diaz is kind of like a two face. And the older she gets, she kind of like one minute she'll you'll look at her and you're like, oh, she's pretty. But then the next minute you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. But she still has a fucking nice body, man. She got some long legs. But it was funny. I I would recommend it if you just want a a a a few yucks. Uh, next one was Social Network with um, 
the Winklevoss twins, who was who were only one guy, uh, and um, I still and that's the hey I did a a, a Timberlake double douche, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, this was I bought it at Walmart and I I like this movie. It was really good. It was it was just as good the second time around. It was I I thought it was really very good movie. Um. Next one, I'm running through these, man. I had a big list, but I don't care, so I'm just running through them because I'm <laughs> moved to talk about this shit. <laughs> Fucking movie cocksucker. Um, anyway, uh, the next one was uh, another documentary. I'm finding about all at once this week. Uh, it was called Danny Green: The Rise and Fall of the Irishman. Uh, I had seen uh, To Kill To Kill the Irish or Kill the Irishman with Ray Stevenson, Val Kilmer, Vincent D'Onofrio, <laughs> and um. This was the actual documentary. It's on Netflix. Since to watch, um, it's pretty good because the movie kind of sugarcoated, or I wouldn't say it sugarcoated it, but it, it put it put him in more of a. Um, oh, and Fat Val was in Kill the Irishman. Um, it really portrayed him as the big hero, and this one kind of portrays him as he was. He might have been a hero to some people, but he was he was a scumbag, and um, it showed some really graphic. Um, uh, death scene photos um, that uh, you didn't see, you didn't hear about, or see in the movie. Uh, you know, when you get blown up by a car bomb, it um, it's not pretty. Um, uh, watched a movie that now the this one was um, my friends and I are kind of you know we're motorcycle people. We like to ride, live to ride, ride to live. And uh, this movie is a documentary called Chopper Town: The Sinners, and uh, I bought it. Um, they they have like the first ten minutes of it in another one that they did um, Harbor Town Bobbers or whatever on YouTube and the the ten minute YouTube clips are really good. This one it was all right. It wasn't that great. Um, next one Red State Michael Parks and John Goodman. Um, had you watched this already? Watched it already. Okay, but the thing. <laughs> I still don't think it was that good. Right. Uh, I thought Michael Parks was good. I like him and and just about everything I've ever seen him in. Even when he played Adam in the Bible, and he was walking around naked the whole time. John Huston's the Bible. <laughs> he was very young then. Uh, he he kind of parallels uh, Robert Forrester for me because mm-hmm. it kind of came up at the same time. Robert Forrester's first movie was um, Confession or uh, Reflections in. Oh, what the fuck was it called? Something. But it's Elizabeth Taylor and Marlon Brando were the leads. Uh, Reflections in a Golden Eye. How, and, uh, how the fuck do you stand out at all in that, with that cast? I know, but he you're, did. He was, uh, this, was, this was his first movie. And, okay, you had Brando and you had Elizabeth Taylor, but he was like the... the uh, Brando and Elizabeth. Brando's a, a, a like a, a career like military army officer, and they're like the elite. I mean, there there's no war or nothing, so they have cocktail parties and stuff like that. But he's kind of a um, a cuckold mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. and uh, Elizabeth Taylor's you know real mouthy. You know, she's she's wears the pants in the family. Brian Keith's in it too, but the the both of their obs- their obsessions, um, well, Brando's obsession is Robert Forrester. Because he's has he's deep seated in the closet homosexual, and you get to see Robert Forrester completely naked riding a horse. So anyway, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. You see Michael Parks completely naked in the Bible, and you see um, Robert Forrester. Completely. 
Uh, next one is Faces in the Crowd uh, with the Jovovich and Dr. Doom. Um, I watch everything she's in just because I think she's pretty. <laughs> I like her voice and stuff like that and her laugh, and she's wonderful. Anyway, um, there was, uh, uh, she looked really good in, in quite a few scenes in this with makeup on. And uh, all dolled up for Zom. Um, but just it's... For you, just uh, for you, buddy. Yeah, just for me. Um, basically, it's a serial killer movie, and uh, she ends up uh, having some head trauma. So she has some kind of a thing where... They explained it, and it makes sense that, like, okay, if I see somebody... Like, if my mom and dad walk in here right now, and I look right at them, or one of my friends, I know instantly who they are. Yeah. The facial recognition. Well, there's actually something that, like, if you have a certain part of your brain that gets trauma or whatever like that, uh, it gets messed up, and you can't tell who somebody is. Now, this... I never looked it up, but this, this IMDB cast had to have been fucking huge, because she would look at some... Okay, say they have a character throughout the whole movie every time she looked at him it would be a different person because <laughs> so it gave you that effect of she couldn't tell who was who well she saw the serial killer and that's how she got the head trauma and you know then he got away but then for the rest of the movie she doesn't know who the serial killer is and even when her husband's there she can't tell who he is because his face changes all the time so you get that effect uh like i said the guy uh that played uh, christian troy on nip tuck and who played dr doom i can't remember what his name is he's in this it's um it's got some big big ass plot holes in it. fucking fantastic four speaking of plot holes yeah yeah so speaking of holes jessica alba anyway uh <laughs> next one i watched was the probably the uh, i'd say it was probably the best one of the um, of the week was ip man which you told me was really good. Sweet. So I picked it up at the Walmart on the cheap, pretty much. It wasn't that expensive. I don't think it was maybe like ten bucks, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, I Don, watched it with Donnie uh, is amazing. Yeah, I watched it with three other friends that had never seen it, never heard of it or anything, and I'm always leery. You know, when I put in something that is subtitled or it's a foreign movie, you know, unless it's really good. A lot of times people will just kind of disperse. And uh, this one had enough humor. It was done in, in such a way and had such the action and enough fighting and stuff like that that everybody was glued to it, and they loved it. They were like, what the fuck? This is great, you know? I, had and, a, um, I have a friend who's over 40. Hmm? Last year I showed her this, this French um, zombie movie called Mutants. Mm -hmm. It was the first subtitled movie she'd ever seen. Really? The first, yes. I'm like, what? She's like, I just don't like reading movies. I'm like, yeah, as really? soon as they see it, they're like, eh. Uh, next one I watched was The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke and a very naked Marissa Tomei. And I'm not a fan uh, of Marissa Tomei until I watched this movie. Uh, fucking My Cousin Vinny. Who gives a shit? She got an Oscar for that. Give me a fucking break. I don't like that movie. Uh, I I like the movie, but it, it gave me a fucking break. 
Anyway, it was, uh, you know, I've seen it before. Um, you know, we watched the Scott Hall thing last week, and uh, Scott Hall was like, uh, you know, I am the wrestler, the movie, uh, that, that was my life, and da, 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 and everything. Well, you know, Mickey Rourke wasn't uh, a total fucking drug addict, uh, goddamn guy who couldn't even speak. He was so drugged out the entire fucking movie. So maybe Scott Hall, you weren't quite uh, as much Mickey Rourke as you thought you were. There's a lot of guys that are, though, that, you know, the, old, the guys that were famous that are on the uh, indie circuit. Yeah. Um, but it's still a good movie. Uh, Mickey Rourke, um, it, I have for years thought he was the cat's ass, and then he kind of got all the plastic surgery and stuff. And yeah, yeah. he's still, a, I think, uh, he's a very good actor. Um, he was my my one friend, uh, Mike, that was his favorite actor. He like worshiped Mickey Rourke. So we were watching shit like Homeboy, Johnny Handsome. Uh, just anything he was in, Diner, everything that he put out back in the VHS days we watched, even the like in the indie stuff. Uh, next one was called A Little Help uh, with uh, Jenna Fisher. It's on Instant Watch. It's a brand new one. You can find it in the new releases at the Walmart. Um, it's, a, it's a kind of a drama comedy, uh, and it's pretty good. I like her. She's on The Office. She's cute. And this must have been before she got... Uh, big and fat and pregnant um <laughs> she's, she's she's on the verge i mean you know she's because when well my god when the office first came on and of course you know my god when we're all young you know you're young you look good uh but boy she just turned my crank and now she's got cankles and they make fun of her cankles on the office so i can make fun of them too uh, I wish she'd get that kid out of her and slim back down. Anyway, um, just losing some more female listeners there. <laughs> We're down to two now, I think. What episode is this? Thirteen or twelve? Twelve. Okay. Well, they've if they've listened to twelve episodes, this is nothing new to them. Uh, <laughs> next one is uh, which was really good. It's called London Boulevard with Colin Farrell, Kira Knightley, and uh, Ray Winstone. And the best part of the movie is the interaction between Colin Farrell and Ray Winstone. It's uh, kind of a gangster uh, movie. Kira Knightley is, um, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure when <laughs> I was, say, 12 years old. Okay, my nephew is 14 now. Went to the beach with his family like two years ago. And at 12 years old, he uh, had a more developed chest than Kira Knightley. <laughs> Which there's nothing wrong with that. She can't help it. And I'd rather have a girl that is natural like that than going out and getting those big, um, you know, fake boobs. But I mean, even the big fake boobs, if for some reason you feel the need to get them, that's your thing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm covering my ass from the last comment about Jenna Fisher. But I mean, you know, there's some women that have that, you know, maybe have had breast cancer or something like that. And, and they, they get the fake ones. So don't take the fake thing, whatever. So <laughs> it's a good movie. It's uh it's on the uh, Comcast in demand. Um, and uh, Colin Farrell is has never been like a giant. I liked him in Tigerland, and then he started cranking out just so many fucking movies that I got sick of him. And I thought, God, you know. And he's got that nut sack that looks like a goddamn uh, sandwich sack hanging between his fucking legs. Have you seen In Bruges? Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was yeah. good. I like that one too. That's really good. Um, Ray Winstone plays a good, bad, a good, badass, uh, evil, bad guy. Uh, next thing, I also bought it at the, the Walmart. It was called Batman Year One. It's an animated Batman movie. Is that um, based on the Frank Miller? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is that a Frank Miller story? Yeah, and it's very good, and it is also, um, it's got adult stuff in it. It's got cussing and shit. Cool. No sex, but I mean, it's it, there was something. Oh, he sits down. They uh, this was kind of like when he first. Well, Batman Year One, so it's when he uh, becomes Batman and uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, Captain Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon at the time. He. Uh, thinks maybe okay maybe this guy might be him so he goes to interview him well bruce wayne wants to put on uh, an act that he's a drunk playboy so when he goes to interview him at bruce wayne's house all he has on is a bathrobe and he's got some whore there with him that he doesn't even know her <laughs> name and uh, she's sitting on the couch and he sits down on the couch and commissioner gordon they had just come from some kind of a uh, a dinner or something so he has his wife with him and Bruce Wayne, it's like he's all like, hey, you know, hey, how are you? You know, like he's all fucked up, whatever. And he sits down on the couch and he's got his bathrobe on and look with his legs spread apart. <laughs> and the, and the, uh, his, Commissioner Gordon's wife like turns her head like, oh my God. So it's, it has enough adult stuff in it that it, I, it's, uh, it's pretty good. I liked it. Um, it's, uh, I'm, it was 10 bucks. But then, you know, I was probably on like Netflix and watch, which I don't care. I thought it was still good. Uh, last one, and I'm going to wrap this fucker up. We're, uh, man, we're just breezing through everything. It's called, uh, um, Dursu Uzala, 1975, Akira Kurosawa. Uh, this was really fucking good. Um, doesn't have anybody that you would know in it. <laughs> or at least I don't think. Some of these fuckers out here that are listening to this show would probably be like, oh, bullshit, it's got so-and-so and that's not. Um, it's all it's a all Russian, pretty much Russian cast, Mongolian, a couple people that are Mongolian and Russian. Um, I watched a, I watched a, a documentary on Kurosawa this week, so yeah. on from it was on IFC, but they talked about that movie. It's 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 kind of like um Man versus the wilderness, kind of a thing, and a friendship thing. Uh, it's a Russian um, survey, uh, military, um, like a platoon. There's only, I don't know, say there's uh, seven of them or something like that. And they're sent out to survey this uh, uncharted area, like with make maps and stuff like that. And they come across this little kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, he said what tribe he was from or whatever, or where he's from, but he's just like a little Mongolian, little chubby Mongolian guy who lives out uh, hunts sable and just basically is a man in the wilderness guy that lives out in the wild. And he kind of becomes their guide and uh, they develop this, the captain, Capitan, Capitan. So he calls him all the time. They become really close. Uh, he saves his life and um, they become really close. It's, it's a, it's a um, kind of like, a, I don't know if I want to say a cross between I could I could see like uh, Terrence Malick or um, what's his name um, Werner, Werner Herzog doing uh, Werner right, right. Herzog doing this movie because there's so much outdoor stuff. But I mean it's Kurosawa, you know. Still, I mean it's great. Uh, I recommend that one big time. It's on. Uh, well, no, it's not on Netflix. Instant Watch. I got it from Netflix. But um, that's a very good movie. Also finished up the Stan Hansen book, and uh, in like one sitting, I pretty much read almost all this uh, Angelo Mosca book, King Kong Mosca. He was another wrestler, and he was also he played at Notre Dame football, and he went to when he got kicked out of school. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was. Um, it's a good book because. Um, <sighs> 
I grew up with him. He's, I mean, he looked like his name was, his nickname was King Kong Mosca, but he looked like a gorilla. You know, he had like real long arms. He wore like his elbow pads down on his forearms, which made his arms look even like more, <laughs> uh, you know, like a, a gorilla. And, um, Is that like but he Rick was always, Flair, Rick Flair always wearing his, his knee pads on the machines. Yeah. Sort of like that. And, uh, he, um, he was always a bad guy, pretty much. He wrestled as a as a good guy sometimes up in uh, Canada because that's where um, he was actually from, uh, like New York. But he wrestled in Canada, lived in Canada, ended up becoming a Canadian citizen because he, what he did was um, out of um, college, um, he went to the Canadian Football League because he said they paid better than uh, the NFL, and he was on like um, I think seven Grey Cup championship teams or something with the. Hamilton team and uh he was known as the like uh, most hated or the dirtiest player in Canadian football. He's in their Hall of Fame and everything and uh um but the the I don't say the gist of the book but one of the reasons he did the book was he found out, you know, his last name's Mosca, his family's a big Italian family and everything. But um he found out uh early in his life when he was a kid that um if it was like his say maybe it's his great grandmother or something like that was uh, African American. Well, that was like a big secret. Of course, now the people in his family knew and he knew, but they wouldn't tell anybody because back then, um, if you were even thought to have any African American blood in you, with all the racism and stuff, especially down south and shit like that, yeah. you know, you can't drink at this water fountain, you can't go to this bathroom. People would call you the N word right to your, your face, and you know, some they just hate your guts and everything. So they kept it um, kind of uh, as a family secret. And um, his mom and dad, uh, well, let's just put it this way: they weren't the most nurturing parents in the world. They were both alcoholics, and um, the one thing that he told was um, they would go take the kids i think say maybe he had like three sisters and him and when they were just little kids they would take them to the grocery store and buy all these groceries and on the way back they would stop at a bar leave the kids in the car for hours and they would go in and drink and get drunk and the mom and dad and then they would come out and get in the car and you know drink while or drive while they were drinking and just fight constantly and he hated he hated he like when they both died he didn't even go to the funerals or anything and uh he uh, he said uh my dad ought to be glad or ought to, or ought to thank uh the lord or whatever that uh that uh i'm not like he was because angelo mosca when he played football in canada he he was like 300 pounds he had a 34 inch waist and he said he squat. He he do like squats with like eleven hundred pounds. Right, right. And he said, if I would have been like my dad, knowing what my dad did to me, he said, my dad ought to thank God that I'm not, because he said I could I, you know, could just go back now and just beat the living shit out of him, you know, for all the shit that he did. But he did. But it's a pretty good book. And like I said, it's it's uh, the Hanson book was like uh, over three hundred some pages, and uh, this one. Is a little bit shorter than that, but um, I don't know that much about you know when you're talking about Canadian football, um, like some of the chapters. It's like you know because huh? if you read a football book about American football, you know like even if it's like old time guys like Red Grange or Bronco Nagurski or Joe Namath or whatever, you know all these people and you've heard about them and everything. Well, a lot of the guys um, that were in 
you know, he's talking about that never even heard of. I mean, there's Joe Cap, who was, uh, uh, he ended up going to the NFL and become quarterback for the Vikings and uh, took them to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl three against the Chiefs. Uh, and he was, he was also in the longest yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so some of those guys, you know, you might hear of, but I mean, there were some of them that were Americans. And if you knew college football back then, you might know who they are, but I didn't know who a lot of them were, but he, since he was the dirtiest player, I mean, he had some pretty colorful stories and, <laughs> and he uh, is uh, like a prankster and a, and a, um, a, a, uh, like practical joker. So it was pretty entertaining, but anyway, that's all I have. I ain't got nothing else. <laughs> um, I had a, a normal week for me, which is slower than yours. So, um, we had a, we had a little Halloween gathering last Saturday night. Yeah. Saturday night. And, um, I, uh, whenever we do a themed party, this was a uh, come as your favorite zombie or come as a zombie. Um, the, uh, there was one really good one. She was the, uh, chick from um from nightmare on elm street that was in the um uh garment bag so she had a garment bag like zipped up around her walking in it and it was pretty funny uh-huh. um but uh so i showed zombie movies in the background and um it ended up people ended up watching like, sitting around and watching it uh we watched uh, burial ground nights of terror it's a, a italian zombie movie of this like kind of like rich group of people that go to this house and Something is unearthed, but mm-hmm. uh, there's one freaky fucking kid in it. I, I know this one is. Uh, it's. I think people that finally check it out seem to like it quite a bit. Um, the zombies are pretty smart in this one. They make a battering ram and everything, but um, smart they, at least they, they used a, a log anyway to use as a battering ram. But uh, watching this in a group, I, I'd seen this before, but watching it in a group was pretty fun. There's a there's a, a nipple bite off scene. Um, that one really had people screaming. That was pretty funny. Draco's afraid in that scene, or Max <laughs> he Hardcore. He was. Um, so yeah, Burial Ground. That was good. Um, and hey, uh, don't and mind me. I just remembered I forgot to take my medication. <laughs> Freaking out here. Uh, no, go ahead. I, I, I'm trying to get all this shit out of this bag so it doesn't rattle. While oh, you're, you're fine. Talking. The uh, Return of the Living Dead uh, is another one we watched that night. Uh, I'd seen this one a few times. Um, it's a pretty classic one. It's uh, mid '80s almost like punk rock themed uh, zombie mm-hmm. movie. Uh, awesome. There's some awesome practical special effects in this one, um, particularly with the all the bloody gory zombie that has big teeth, and he's like, more brains. Like, and the and, you know, zombies talk in this one. Their mouth just opens, and it does the Muppet thing where just their mouth is open, but the words come out. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Um, that one played really well to the crowd, too, so. Uh, then I watched uh, Walker, the Alex Cox movie. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Ed Harris. I thought it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I had the criteria. I had the Criterion uh, disc, and uh, it's I, I liked it a lot. Um, definitely, the, I'd say it's probably my. I mean, at least it's the best made Alex Cox movie I've seen. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's funny that that stupid fuck actually existed. He was actually a person. Yeah, I really like the way it now, was done. He might it's... not have been. He might not have been the the fucking dumbass that he oh, was. Yeah. I, I liked the way I liked the way it was done, where um, it kind of like melded <sighs> '80s stuff with, with the helicopter, what was going. Yeah, yeah, magazines and there was a car in it and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I watched a couple of uh, Alex Cox made for TV 
documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I already mentioned one of them, the Kurosawa one. It's called Kurosawa, The Last Emperor. He made this one for IFC. Um, he wasn't in this one as much as uh, the other ones. This was more like <coughs> uh, directors and some uh, people that were close to Kurosawa talking about. It kind of went through his history as a director. It didn't touch on every movie, but more mm-hmm. like his, it just kind of like gave an overview of his career through the words of, um, you know, like Francis Ford Coppola, Bertolucci, John Woo. Um, they all talked about like you know things they liked about him. They talked about Kurosawa's like different hats that he would wear. Like yeah. he was obsessed with John Ford, and he got John Ford's hat, or somebody gave it to him. And he that's that's what you see, see him in mainly that like kind of newsboy looking hat that he liked to wear. Um, um, it was really interesting uh, for me, um, and I've talked about this with on um, Gentleman's Guide, I think. Kurosawa was a weird one because, uh, and I said it on my when I posted that I was watching it. Like he's the director I struggle with the most because he's you know he's considered one of the greatest directors of all time, and I can't say any movie that I've ever like sat completely through of his and just felt blown away afterwards. Like I always feel like like they're too slow or something. It's like I, I there's this weird disconnect with me and Kurosawa films that, and I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if I'm looking for the wrong things. Like I, and I struggle with it a lot because I know I don't, I don't dislike the movies, but I'm not blown away by his movies. And I don't know what, what, what that is. It's um, you. It is. I, it's so, it, I, 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 you know, all joking aside, I think it is me. I mean, I, oh, it I, is definitely. <laughs> um, so what, you know, after watching <laughs> this and seeing what people say about him, it's like when I, when I get new, information or new perspective i like to go back and visit things and it's been a few years since i've seen a kurosawa i watched um what was the one he did that was almost like a horror movie i had ghosts in the in the forest and uh was that throne of blood i don't know it was black and white if that helps but no it doesn't help at all (laughs) (laughs) it was the one that was uh like Macbeth. i think yeah yeah and i mean I don't know. I mean, I I don't even know if I ever finished that one. And that was a couple of weeks, like maybe last year I start I watched that, but um it's like I find myself halfway paying attention and I don't know what it is, but uh so anyway, I thought it was really interesting. I liked uh, I liked all the different, you know, little stories about him and stuff and his daughter yeah, spoke some and, throne of blood. Um and then I watched another one uh, made for, I guess it was BBC, but uh, Emmanuel Hard Look. And it was kind of a retrospective of Emmanuel movies. Um, it talked, it didn't go through every single one of them, but you know, it talked about the differences between the Sylvia Crystal Emmanuel movies and like the Laura Gimser yeah, Emmanuel the movies, or the jerk off movies. Yeah, and um, it kind of went through a whole. That's what I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> I th- let me tell you, when I got cable, when I was like thirteen. Emmanuel played a lot on Cinemax. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I made, uh, well, let's just say, as my friend Todd has said before, I dated those movies quite a few times. Oh, God. I wore like those a lucky. out. It was interesting because it goes into, you know, it, 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 they have like a different sections, I guess, of the, of the documentary where they, when they're talking about, you know, how rape is presented in the movies and whether, you know, it's a, you know, responsible thing to, to show like that. And, uh, it talks about, you know, porn versus art and like, you know, showed a statue, a certain statue. Was, I forgot the name of the statue, but it's like two naked women, like fondling this guy. And it's like, you know, is it 
porn for the aristocracy like that and that a film is like is like art for the lower class Emmanuel's like art for the lower class so it was, it was pretty good and, and Alex Cox was in this one more like you could hear his voice at times interviewing and um, he, he uh, this is weird but I, he he was nothing I don't know why I even think or say this because I had no idea I'd never seen the guy before but when I saw uh, you know Alex Cox on like some um, little uh, video clips that somebody posted mm-hmm. he's not anything like what I thought he would look like <laughs> he looks like um, I don't know what like somebody said that he looked like the guy that made the eyeballs in uh, Blade Runner, and he kind of does. <laughs> yeah. you know? He's kind I of a squirrely looking guy. Or no, not the eyeball guy. The eyeball guy was like a Asian guy. It was that. See, somebody fucked up. Whoever posted that, it was the guy that I uh, I make toys. I like to make toys. Yeah, he was the one of Larry Daryl and Daryl. He was the, Larry Daryl and Daryl. What was that guy's name? Because he was in that movie Fight for Your Life, where he's such a racist asshole. Like he was like the head of that. Well, we ought to have him on the show. What is what is that guy's name? William uh, Sanderson? Uh, uh, is Sanderson. it? Yeah. It might be. So, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Manuel Hard Look is pretty good. I had you know I had to download it. This thing's ten years old. So, um, uh, I watched after Gentleman Gentleman's Guide reviewed it. I watched Near Dark, uh, Lance Henriksen and uh, um, 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 Bill Paxton were awesome. Now. I posted this on Twitter. This movie was like an eight for the first hour, hour and ten minutes. Then and then it little, jumped up to a ten. Yeah, then it jumped up to a ten. But then it jumped way down to a four. <laughs> and then it's like, there's a little bit of a seven in there, and then it ends on a low note. Um, if it, I don't know. I loved this movie until the last 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, and I think they talked about that on the show too, but... It's got, I don't know. It, I don't know how it would have. Uh, I'm kind of dumb, so I couldn't think of a good alternative. But it was really, really cool and kind of dark and very dirty up until like, the last act, I guess. And then it was just kind of like, ugh, come on. That just gave me a cold chill when you said that. I don't know why. <laughs> I get my blanket. Dark and dirty. Dark and dirty. So, yeah, I mean, Near Dark is definitely worth watching, and I loved what they. I, I love what was done with the movie, but I didn't love the whole movie. Um, I watched. Did uh, Lance Henriksen rape Bill Paxton? <laughs> no, but he had a fucking killer, like, braided ponytail mullet thing. Nice. Um, and uh, like yeah. both those guys a lot. Yeah, Bill Paxton was uh, very over the top and, and kind of a bastard. We're in this fucking one, so. dead meat, man. We're gonna fucking die. So, anyway. uh, oh, oh, oh. I watched uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, what would you think of that? Continuing my Gosling education. Did you um, notice the, the the Gosling blinking the the uh, yeah. like uh, weird tick? Yeah, he d- he did that. He did that a lot in this one. I don't know if it was acted or not, but um, I think it was. I think he was supposed to be a little bit fucked. And, yeah, he's. he's I mean, very, obviously, very quirky gentleman. Um, Something wrong with him. <laughs> I thought it was cool, and I, I you know it's you know it's a movie. It has to be set in a small town because it would never work anywhere else. Do you ever um, think about like having a, a a love doll? Not really. Like they have those one. Well, like the one he had. I see. I haven't seen it in a long time. They had this one, on, and I think it's the same one that they had on Howard Stern. It was called the Real Girl or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they cost like maybe like five grand or something. But it's almost like a everything's supposed to feel. But I just you know that's what your hand is for. 
It, it seems or or it how about like this? Too much it seems like too much work. Yeah, yeah, and they could, you know, they, I don't know, um, but they used to. We talked about the Chuck Norris um, stretchy jeans uh, <laughs> advertisements in the Kung Fu magazines. In these old wrestling magazines, and I'm talking back in like the early '70s ones, they always had these these um, um, like on the back page or inside, you know, a full page thing for these love dolls. And now back then, <laughs> they didn't have these Japanese because I saw a thing on like G4 or something like that where they showed uh, um, there's people that that's their fetish. Mm-hmm. They uh, and, and Japan puts out all these like and they try and get a more and more lifelike every day but now back in the early 70s they had to have been just as what that you see like as joke things and movies and stuff where it's just like a blow-up thing right and it looks like it's got like a cartoon character face on it (laughs) but in the the magazine uh advertisement advertisement um they would have the hottest chicks with these big boobs and everything. And uh, they would put like, they'd censor it. They'd put stars over their nipples or whatever. And they'd show like uh, a, um, a scenario where a guy would be like in his apartment and here'd be the love doll, which was actually this beautiful model sitting on the couch with him as he listens to music and sitting at the dinner table and everything at candlelight (laughs) dinner. And I just would always think to myself, those weird, stupid looking like uh look like they're made out of a goddamn uh car inner or a tire inner yeah, tube yeah. or something like a swimming pool flotation device is what it looks like <laughs> uh sitting there instead of this hot chick and some poor bastard you know how pathetic could you be <laughs> but anyway Ryan Gosling he's pathetic <sighs> uh yeah I like that I I like that quite a bit um if they come out with an end with the with the uh, director's cut where he actually has sex with the doll, I don't know I, would that, you watch that? I'd watch it definitely. I don't know that they ever went if that Ron far. Ron Perlman was there too. Ron if they Perlman. ever what? I don't know if they went that far in the film. Um, I mean, even if there was a director's cut, I don't know that that ever. Like, he loved the doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he respected the doll. I didn't respect her. She was a whore. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a little bit. I, I like those quirky, like you know, two thousands style. Like uh, indie films like that, so very I thought, quirky. Thought it was pretty good. Um, and then last night I watched Beats Rhymes in Life. I mentioned that last week, I think. What? Beats Rhymes in Life. It's a documentary about a uh, tribe called Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will was talking about that, I think too. Um, now two things with this one. <laughs> they hate each other's guts. Re- yeah, and that was the biggest thing. It fucking got on my nerves how these guys just hate each other now. Um, well, it's mainly two of them, but um. It's uh, Q-Tip and Fife Dog kind of. Oh, Q-Tip and Fife Dog. <laughs> I, 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 I was, <laughs> I'm not. Sorry. I'm not the hugest Tribe Called Quest fan. You know, I like. I never even had heard of. I, I honest to God, when some. That's why when you said like even you had mentioned it before, and then when you just said it, I was like, what are you talking about? Because, I mean, when when were they big? Early nineties. They they were oh, early, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe late eighties even touched into the late eighties. Yeah. But like uh, the, the I remember being in maybe high school and this was in the mid eighties mm-hmm. and uh, like 
a couple of my friends were like, oh, you got to listen. This is really good. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, and it was the Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> and there was only like two guys, these these two friends of mine. And for some reason, they stumbled across this and everything. And that was like the earliest like hip hop stuff I ever heard. And I wasn't into it then. I never I never did. Uh, you know, well, the, they're very not my thing. The Tribe Called Quest is very, very influential in the hip hop community. They, uh-huh. they really kind of pushed hip hop to another level, I guess. Um, you know, there was the Run DMC kind of era after after Sugar Hill Gang was done. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of went. You know, there was NWA, there was Public Enemy, and then it's like this kind of. Uh, they were after Public Enemy and NWA? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're still kind of contemporaries because there was overlap there, but they really hit their stride like 91, 92, and where, okay. where NWA came on like 87, Public Enemy was around right that time too. So, Well, that's why I was surprised because even like, okay, NWA and Public Enemy and some of these groups like that, I've heard of them, and I've never listened. I, I mean, I couldn't probably tell you. You know, maybe, maybe none. You know, uh, songs that they did. Around. I mean, I might like Fa- Flavor Flav and fucking Ice Cube and Ice T or whatever. But um, just that most of that's from acting or from TV. Sure. But I never even heard of this 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 group. Now that being said, um, I would probably like the documentary if it's a good documentary. You would, and it was it's really well done. Um, the guy, what's his name? Um. Rappaport, Michael Rappaport directed it. Yeah, you, you, you I don't like voice. him. You don't, you don't like. Him. <laughs> I um, don't. I mean, he's he's. he's I, I don't know what it is. Like in Copland and stuff, he just. I don't. I I don't know what it is. I just don't like him. I mean, it's not that I hate him. It's not like Reese Witherspoon or Mark Wahlberg or Justin Timberlake hatred. <laughs> but I just he he's kind of like uh, if he like lived around here mm-hmm. or I worked with him, I think he would get on my nerves and I would like him. So well, it's, if, you know, stay away from me, Michael Rappaport. So we're like Public Enemy NWA were kind of like singing about, you know, society. And it was kind of a angry kind of thing. This this kind of started a run of, well, they they were very jazz influenced, Tribe Called mm-hmm. Quest. And it started more of like a kind of a fun hip hop. Um, and so it was a different. It wasn't like a, <laughs> on the. Uh, in Living Color, uh, they would make fun. Okay. You would have all these really hard hip-hop bands you know they're saying like cop killer and stuff like that and then they'd have this this one uh hip-hop group that or that they created that they made fun of and they'd be like are in a rip dip dip it do it's like fresh prince or something like that you know? <laughs> uh no so i yeah uh, no. <laughs> it, it it just i don't know it seeing seeing bands that i even you know respect or whatever just not get along at all just i don't know it just irks me like i like that you know the the one music documentary I th- i've seen that i think that i liked was anvil um i still haven't seen that i need to watch it. i i like that one a lot because it i mean they have their problems and stuff but they still like each other is that one kind of spinal tapish i guess but they these guys are more like i don't know it's like these guys you have all these famous artists talking about how how influential and how great Anvil is, but they've never fucking done anything like they're, right. and they, they're playing in like these clubs with like ten people, and I don't know, it's 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 kind of sad at times, and like I don't know it, it, the fact that they've stuck with it for so long, they've been a band for you know thirty years or whatever, and have never made it. They're they're still 
wanting to put out music. So, um, so yeah, that was it for me. That's all I watched. Um, yeah. I started a couple and fell asleep, but the uh, yeah, I so started I just, about four movies and fell asleep. Yeah. Um, I'll just give a quick one of them was called uh, it was a documentary Thin Blue Line. It's like a classic documentary. And I just didn't. I Well, no, you know what? I didn't fall asleep on that one. Uh, Netflix Instant Watch started fucking fucking up where the connection was slow and it just wouldn't. It constantly just kept starting buffer and yeah. stuff. And I fucked up on that. Uh, the Third Man with Orson Welles and the house on Garibaldi Street. But I might finish those later, and I might not. I don't really care. We'll talk about them next week. Um, I'll we'll talk about them next week. I did watch a shit ton of, uh, well, not a shit ton. I watched five episodes of Breaking Bad this week that finished off season four, and oh. holy shit! That's holy cow! Best show on TV. I love that fucking show. Well, I don't know about that. Have you watched it? Yeah. You don't like it. Um. No, I'm just kidding. I watched uh, some of the, the first season, and I haven't watched it since. Oh. Like I said, it's kind of hard to, for me, you know, just to when I to get wrapped up in a uh, in a series and kid. The only one, the only series that I watched like religiously now, uh, and it's only been one season, was The Killing on AMC. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, I still watch The Office every time it's on. Which you know, I'm just sometimes it's jumping the shark, and sometimes it jumps back. But um, no, I. That, I've heard everybody. I mean, everybody says that Breaking Bad is just awesome. So it's, it's amazing. I, 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 I definitely recommend you try to revisit it. Um, it's Trans- really the only television show I watch with regularity. So well, and that's another thing too. With that is, um, I guess Mad Men too. I, I if I'm sitting there watching that, then I'm not watching a movie. And yeah. if I have the time to do it, then I'm usually watching. It's, a movie. it's like it's it's like a movie. Mm-hmm. Fucking Brian Cranston is amazing. Like I love his acting, and it's just it's very well done. Um, I don't know. It's I mean, it could be a movie. It's like watching you know Sopranos or the, you know the production that goes into it. It's not just some, not just a cheap like spit it out real quick TV show. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. attention paid to the writing, and so it's just like a really long movie. Um, but it's awesome. And uh, so yeah, yeah, that was about it for me. Um, let's take a break and let's. Uh, why don't we do Big Wednesday first? Okay. We'll we'll go in we'll go in chronological order. So What's that uh, mean? I don't know. I just made up a word. Okay. So let's take a break and we'll be back and do Big Wednesday. We'll be right back. Hello there, ladies and good gentlemen. I'm here to talk to you about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, Outside the Cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then Outside the Cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com. Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Sweet. Talk 
festive days all in days golden days days of mad romance and love all right we're back little billy holiday there Zom to sleep. <laughs> How can you hear that? I'm not like, <laughs> you know? I'm like holding it completely back, like giving myself a hernia. Hyena. I've, I've had two of those things. A hernia? Oh, yeah. Really? The, the old fashioned kind. I had them at both at the same time. Uh, actually, I, I knew that I had them and didn't have health insurance, so I had to live with them for about five years. Is this like a big a bump? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was uh it's it was a what is it, inguinal hernia and you know that's the one lower abs. Ugh. Um how'd you do it? I don't know exactly because it slowly came around and mm-hmm. uh, I just noticed it at first and I'm like, "Oh my god, is this a tumor?" And uh, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. So this was around <laughs> 2001, I guess, and um uh, you know I, I I eventually figured out that's what it was. Um it w- it didn't hurt all the time, so I knew it wasn't serious. <laughs> if it was, I would have had to go to the emergency room. But yeah. the uh, I uh, it would hurt if I walked a long distance. Like it, yeah. my my abs would start hurting, and um, yeah. And eventually, when I went to a surgeon, um, he's like, "Yep, you got two of them." I'm like, "Oh, great! Yeah. One on one side, one on the other." So uh, I had to have surgery and get that repaired. So now I have like bionic pelvis. Too much awesome. fucking. <laughs> too much. Uh, this was a this was a dry spell. Let me tell you. Not, uh, well, maybe was, that's what it was. was too much love dolling at that time. So <laughs> with the taters. All right. Kind so honey juice. <laughs> juice. The we're gonna do big Wednesday first. Uh, Zom, I will let you introduce it here. Okay. Oh my God. This is this is great. Uh, this is gonna be a short show, people. The lives of some California surfers from the early '60s to the '70s. <laughs> Um, that might be the best synopsis ever. That is pretty much what it is, and um, it's cool. I had a I had a fun time watching this. Uh, I'd seen this before. This was um, the the other night. We had a very 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 late movie at the theater. It was probably um, I think it started at ten, so it went up until almost one a.m. It was a Bollywood, and so for the second half of the movie, we have nothing to do except just wait for the movie to end, and. Um, uh, my friend Leslie, who's also a manager there, uh, she never seen this, so I just put it on Netflix in the office, and we started watching it. And so it was kind of cool watching it with someone. So she seemed to dig it quite a bit. She's a big Streets of Fire fan, so cool. uh, oh, yeah, she loves that soundtrack. It, one of those songs is on our playlist at the theater. So um, that's a pretty good movie. I I like it <laughs> just slightly, uh, and she loves Eddie and the Cruisers too. So um, so yeah, the uh, uh, Big Wednesday. I, I, I like the uh in this movie the way it's it's not only about surfing like when you when you tell somebody it's a surfing movie they might get a certain idea and yes there are some very like surf porn moments but oh yeah the for the most part it's not a movie about surfing it's about these guys growing up and doing their little misadventures but at the, you know in their youth and then kind of like growing older and there's always surfing is like what is what brings them back together is what is kind of the the glue that holds these guys together when they start going their separate ways 
and I, I really like how throughout the movie it's like the turmoil of the ocean and the turmoil of this, their storms and stuff like that kind of like mirror what's going on in their lives. So, um, you know, and like 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 well, on that the, the film starts uh, showing guys surfing and it's very like leisurely, easy waves and and uh, kind of like introducing them introducing them all and there's this guy bear that's kind of like a i guess he's a father figure to them but mm. he's really more, he's more of like an on older school there's like three generations of surfers presented in this movie there's you know there's there's bear who like probably fought in a war and fucking like surfed in hawaii and all this stuff and then there's these guys that are like the, the locals there's it's jane michael vincent gary Busey, and, and william cat balls are at you <laughs> now go ahead and um and so it's a bear it's like you know that's the test of a surfer to ride alone uh he you know he's making his surfboards and he's kind of like a he's almost like a, a narrator as the as the thing goes on like there's you know he he gives these like one-liners of wisdom every once in a while like and what a great beard what a great beard he's yeah he, he might be a bear so well, yeah, you, know, you 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 can it's it's you know when you go to the beach, you know, for some reason it's always it's kind of odd to see someone you know when it's uh, summertime and everything and they just have a full beard, but he has the eyes. And that guy's been in a lot of stuff. Sam Melville. Yeah, I like the bear. He was a cool character. Yeah, he's the kind of older guy that you wanted to hang out with and let know just because he didn't talk down to him or anything. He was kind of like uh, like the guru. Sure. Did you just piss yourself? Goo. What was that noise? <laughs> Know your business. <laughs> uh, hey, you won't fucking give me enough time to go to the bathroom. I will go in my coffee cup. So the um, there's a there's a re- we got a good laugh when uh, <laughs> so there's a party at the beginning. Uh, the party is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, they're fucking like oiling up Busey at one point. I think he's trying to get a tan in the oven. Uh, he, he was putting butter on it. They were basting him like a yeah. T- they're ba- they're, they're, they're painting him. Busey. It's funny. You got you got. He's Kat. a masochist. You got Cat who is, who is you know he's very he's in shape but he's thin and then a very have, pretty man. Then you have Jan Michael Vincent who's just fucking like I don't think there's an ounce of fat on his body. And yeah, then you got Busey who has a little like jiggly gut the whole time and yeah, <laughs> and pulls his swimming trunks like way up high to cover it up. Uh, so, but it's funny. Like I mean, he's Busey has. You can tell he's strong. He's got that like, that like old style strong man. Well, I, I I hate to say this, and I don't mean this to like offend anybody. So I mean, uh, maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, people (laughs) used to say this, and it's huh? Should I get the crickets ready? Well, it's a derogatory thing now because people were offended by this. But we used to say this was back when I was in school, and we. You know, you're a kid and you don't think about what you're saying. But we used to say that people like him had retard strength. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he he looks like kind of like he's got this big horse teeth. He's a big farm boy looking guy, big country boy. You know, he's he's built like I'm sorry. Mental. uh, No, I would say retard strength because mentally challenged strength. That makes it even sound worse. (laughs) He's built like a he's built like a. uh, a 40s or 50s it, a strong man as opposed to a 90s strong man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he looks um, like he can pick some straw out of his teeth. But we, <laughs> yeah. He can he can fucking graze with those teeth. <laughs> um, like a fucking beaver. He just chew trees down. <laughs> it's, he, he's Leroy the Masochist, by the way. That's why he was trying to stuff himself in the. Uh, he he um, 
he uh, enjoys pain. That's yeah. his his thing. So well, we got a good laugh when the uh, uh, this old Ford, um, the kind you see in like Moon Moonrunner Moonshine movies, uh, pulls up to the party and fucking like eight people get out, eight chicks get out of it, and there's even one in the trunk. <laughs> uh, we we thought that was pretty funny. It, it reminded me of in college. We actually did that. We my car was completely full, and a dude's like, "I'll just ride in the trunk." And um, he, uh, which is not the most. Hope no exhaust is going up through there. That, you <laughs> no, know, I don't, kill I, I, maybe I don't know. He was probably hammered anyway. He wouldn't have noticed. But the um, we told him we're like, hey, whenever we stop, I want you to just, just like beat on the trunk and start screaming help, and we're just gonna look forward like we don't hear anything. <laughs> So whenever we, it was very busy street. This was during Halloween, um, you know, where everybody was out, not kids, but like it was Halloween in a college town. So it's like a bunch of like drunk college kids and and costumes. And uh, we'd pull up to a stoplight and he'd start going, help, help. We're just looking straight ahead. And just, like, people kept staring at the car. It was pretty funny. But um, I was really surprised to see Robert England. I totally didn't remember him in there. And, him and JMV were like buddies in like real life. Okay. Yeah, because they were in Buster and Billy together, and um, if you see, I think like maybe I saw some like a documentary about J. Michael Vincent, and they interview him, and you know, I guess they they kind of grew up together. Okay, is you know when they were younger. I thought I I always thought Robert England was British. Is he not? No. No, oh, I don't know why I thought that. I guess I guess I'm dumb, and just the word the name England made me think he was British. <laughs> But it was it's funny because he, he he first he first shows up. And, uh, yeah, dude, the I'm, name England made me think he was British. I don't know. I like no. That's I all right. Hey man. I not literally. I just mean like maybe the maybe just clues. the whole time England was like oh England maybe I don't know I don't know why I thought he was British but because I I don't really watch fucking interviews or anything so I've never heard his real accent. Well, <laughs> you, know. I, you know. Okay. He might have been. You know what? He might have done a British accent. In um, that fucking movie with uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Ford Fairlane, he might have he might have done. I can't remember. I only saw that once, and it was like so long ago. It's... But uh, the there, he he just peeks in at the party, and I said to Leslie, I was like, "Was that Robert England?" She's like, "Who?" I was like, "Freddy Krueger." She's like, "I don't know." So I had to pause the movie and fucking look it up, and there it was. But you know, he makes several appearances in the movie. For some reason, he's credited with a name. I don't recall them ever saying his name in the movie. So, um, I thought I read somewhere that he was the narrator. Oh, was he? But then when I, I when I was listening to it, I kept thinking that William Cat was the narrator. I'm not sure. Because uh, uh, I read, I I did my homework last night. Uh, Wednesday. I didn't do shit. So. Uh, um. I, you don't. Uh, I care. You don't. So yeah, so, the, you know, the, with the film opening in the early '60s, it's like there's food fights and there's a really hilarious fight at the party with like I love the fucking crashers. Crashers. I love the big dude that is their friend who. Uh, That's Metal of, Mikey's love fetish. I love little Metal Mikey's love Red fetish Brown. that comes in. That uh, when he comes, you know, the guys are just look at him like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> he just takes punches and fucking will just wear them out on the other side. It's really funny. Um, um, the watermelon scene was one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's just like chomping on a watermelon, and, <laughs> you know, uh, socks him right through the rind. He, honest to God, that uh, 
and the look on Sam Michael Vince. It's like he's like laying on the floor with the watermelon all over his face. He's like, what the fuck? I don't even know if he expected it. Oh, he's drunk and shit. They probably caught him by surprise. So, um, but yeah, the it, the the scene kind of closes. Uh, you know, Bear's kind of looking into the house, and they there's will you still love me tomorrow is playing and there's you know he closes the door and it feels like and, and the movie feels very chapter i mean they even do like like title cards at times oh yeah 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 um but th- th- that that first i guess act of the film it's like very you know they they get into fights and stuff but it feels playful and mm-hmm. it very it contrasts really well when they go to mexico and this fuck there's a fight there but it seems yeah. very very mean let me tell um, you something people when you go to mexico um don't fucking get in fights because <laughs> you might get your. First of all, you probably get you might get stabbed, and yeah. that hurts. And second <laughs> of all, uh, you might end up in a fucking Mexican prison or a jail, right. and it's dirty. And not only that, but if you don't have any money, um, you might be in there for a while, and it stinks. <laughs> um, that's what they say. Um, they yeah, say. Robert Englund as narrator and fly. Hmm. So I guess he was narrating. The um, I, I really liked uh, <laughs> Jane Michael Vincent's. Uh, I liked his juggy lady friend, his future wife. Uh, oh my God, Lee Purcell. She, yeah, she's cute. Oh, she's so hot. She's uh, she is one. I used to. Um, I posted several pictures of her over the over the ages um, on um, Facebook. Because I have always wanted to stoop, stoop, stoop her, <laughs> stoop, stoop, stoop. So, so there was a line in the movie where someone <sighs> says about her, she really pulls a lot of trains, mm-hmm. and I didn't know exactly. Is that what it just sounds like, or that's is that uh, like a gangbang, right? Is that what it meant? Like, I wasn't sure yeah. if okay, <laughs> that was pretty brutal. But you youngsters, <laughs> yeah, she really <laughs> pulls a lot of trains. So yeah, I mean, the, you know, the Mexico scene is just. It's the same kind of things going on as far as like getting into fights and stuff, but it's a lot angrier, and it's like the the innocence of the movie starts to disappear. Then as they're, as they're I guess they're getting older and yeah. talking about pregnancy and all that kind of stuff. And uh, there's a really sappy scene, I guess that that happens. Like the guys start to drift apart, and there's a really sappy scene with Bear and Matt in the surf shop. Matt is uh, Jane Michael Vincent's character, where he's kind of like tell him to clean up and. You know, the alcohol starts to come into their lives and all this stuff, and the um, so like I guess the second half of the movie kind of starts following them as they, you know, they I don't know if they were supposed to be in high school when the movie started or just just out, um, but they start working and um, having their own you know adult problems, and you know I I, I like this kind of theme in films when it kind of makes you think about, you know, stuff that you did growing up and how that just comes to an end. It's like you had people that you were constantly with them. You like, you know, talk on the phone every day or fucking just hang out after school, fucking just, you know, sit around and just 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 be fuck-ups together and you get to a certain point in your life where and you never think it's going to happen, but it does where you just kind of drift apart for whatever reason. It's just like yeah. life gets in your way and you have to start doing responsible shit and it sucks and you, you know you lose touch with it. boy does it suck <laughs> um but you know the the lives are going on it's just a, there's a scene kind of like a callback where one of his friends one of jane michael vince's friends i'm just gonna say matt because it's a lot easier to say but uh 
one of his friends has made this surfing documentary and it's kind of you know uh, what i mentioned at the beginning the leisurely kind of surfing it's kind of contrasting present day surfing where everybody's like woo you know they all these crazy tricks and stuff they're they're starting to do with surfing and then it goes back it goes back to show matt doing his thing and you know he walks on the board which is really amazing to see but mm-hmm. it's not flashy and everybody's just like you know yeah you know whatever matt's walking on the board and like well let's get back to the hot shit and I, I like that scene. It might have been a little heavy-handed, I guess, with, like yeah. when it when it would show Matt's face, where he's like, "Oh, people aren't cheering for me." Yeah, it was kind of like he was cocky when he thought he was going to be in the movie. He's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to be in this," and yeah. and then you just see it all go out of his face, like, eh, you know. And uh, another scene I really liked a lot, which it's kind of a good bridge with the you know the innocent youth with with uh, a more serious adult life is the. There's a you know, the scene when they're at the draft board, and they all have their own <laughs> ideas on how to, they're going to dodge the draft. Um, but it's 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 a nice moment when one of them you know has you know his own decision about what he's going to do with his life. But it's funny like the different ways they come up with to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I won't I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's funny the different ways they come up with to kind of get around that moment. So, um, the 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 movie like. I, it's almost split in half. Like I said, the, the the first half is like kind of a fun, almost it almost feels fifties at times. Like, mm-hmm. and the second half definitely feels more seventies. Uh, I think this film might be a little bit autobiographical for for Milius. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, the because um, he was a, he was a surfer and when he was there, I I believe at the very beginning when they show the titles, um. When it comes and it says, you know, directed by John Milius, uh-huh. they they they're showing like uh, black and white still photos from the early '60s or the '50s or right. whatever of surfers and stuff like that. And it says uh, directed by John Milius, and there's three guys standing there. The one in the middle is Milius when he oh, was young. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But um, and it, you, I mean, it's amazing. It's weird because you look at it and you're like, oh my god, I think that is him. But I mean. I mean, the picture, he's probably 20 years old, you know, and now he's a big, fat <laughs> Republican blowhard full of hot air, you know. But, I mean, if people change. But, you know, yeah, that's and, life. And that's and that's really the part of this movie, you know, that when they get to the second half and they're dealing with this heavy adult shit, it's just always about, you know, moving on, things changing, and, you know, th- there's there's touching or sad moments in the movie but it's the way it's presented is not it's not overly sentimental but because it's always like you know we got to do, we're doing what we're doing now and that's how it is and you know we're going to we're going to get back together someday okay, oh yeah i haven't seen that guy in 3 years you know at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie they're they're like best friends they're fighting together they're hugging they're driving to mexico and then by the end they're just like oh, i haven't seen him in so long i wonder what he's up to kind of thing and that's how it, you know that's how it, how it goes with people that you grow up with so I don't have, you know, I don't. I didn't take a lot of this uh, notes on this movie. There's, you know, as far as observational things, there's not a ton going on, but mm-hmm. there's some really funny moments, um, and there's some there's some touching moments. I really like the 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 theme of the movie, the the relationship between the three main characters. So, uh, the, the uh, I had a few things. Yeah. This is an old favorite. I have it actually on VHS. Uh, this is one that I scarfed up on uh, VHS when. Uh, I had the um, old catalogs because uh, I was a big giant Michael Vincent fan. Yes, I was. Um, I guess I really should have mentioned the cinematography uh, with the uh, surf scenes. 
Um, it's it's just some incredible shots that they pull. I don't know how how the fuck they did. How, how yeah, the guy is in the tube riding the fucking wave, and there's a camera the in front of him. I don't. It's amazing yeah. the way it was done. I don't know. I mean, obviously the camera was protected in some way, but I don't know if there was like another guy Where surfing was the camera? with a yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, really, really cool shots as far as you don't even have to be a surfing fan to appreciate what they've done mm-hmm. uh, with the with that craft there. So sorry. Um, Melius, uh, anybody that's familiar with him, if you listen to his interviews, he's fun to listen to because, I mean, he's a good storyteller. He, he's, uh, he, um, not only is known for, uh, directing as much as he is for writing, like he wrote, uh, you know, good part of like apocalypse now and there's just a lot of movies that he's he's been involved with and everything in one way or another he was part of the uh the um george lucas uh, francis ford coppola uh they they all kind of had this little uh group of the up-and-coming uh uh filmmakers and he was one of those um he uh like i said i think this was uh there's a big part of this that uh is a you know kind of about him growing up and you can kind of see um how but but he's kind of known for this like like uh kind of uh grandiose storytelling like you said some of the stuff maybe is a little heavy-handed or a little bit you know over like really sentimental yeah when bear is is you know telling you know talking to matt and uh uh a few of the things with bear uh, you know, there's maybe like three or four big scenes where he gives like a monologue to yeah. one of the young guys like, or whatever. I don't feel like the the movie <laughs> overall is a sentimental film. I mean, kind of a sappy film. There was definitely some little like cheesy moments sprinkled yeah. in there, though. Um, the the uh, the one guy when uh, when uh, Matt goes to the documentary about the thing and they keep talking about uh Jerry Lopez. Mm-hmm. He is the guy he actually was the guy in um Conan the Barbarian, the little dude that uh shoots the bow and arrow that helps Conan. Right. Uh and he was like a real famous surfer. Um like I said, Lee Purcell, I've always, you know, kinda the 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 point uh what they call it like the point grinder. She pulls lots of trains and everything. <laughs> uh I really that scene right there, um you know, you're in a bar, and a, that's one thing about when people are drinking. People say shit, and they're just assholes, and they say shit that that it's just like totally. Why would you ever say this to someone, especially right. somebody's like uh, boyfriend or whatever? And um, but the reaction on Jan Michael Vincent's face because he's blowing this guy off because the guy's because in in his own way he is famous. I mean, people are like, oh my god. That's Matt Johnson. That's yeah. Matt Johnson. The people that lived around that area knew him. And then eventually, I mean, he, even though he, you know, it wasn't like they had like big TV contracts or anything like that where they were showing surfing, he was like a pioneer kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when the guy said that and he turned around and just looked at the guy, at first he almost had like this sad look on his face, like, you know, how you know the, I love her? How can you say this? And then it just turns to you know he's gonna he you know he's gonna beat this guy's ass. Um, the party scene with the crashers I thought was <laughs> fucking hilarious. I'll remember that till the day I die. That that's one of the one of the big scenes. That that scene and the scene at the draft board are like two of the two of the scenes that I remember forever. Yeah. 
Um, like you said, they go. You have to watch the. Um, they talk about like the swells. Okay, this is the northern swell, nineteen sixty three. And then the next thing after they do, they shoot, uh, you know, these scenes about what happens then. Then they go to, and they'll show the waves and everything. And then they'll show this is the uh, the the southern whatever this net nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. And and there's a couple of times where the, you know it seems like okay, they're these guys are there talking, they're doing this net. And, and then in the next scene, they'll be like, you know, hey, how's Leroy doing? And and uh, Matt will be like, you know, I haven't seen him in three years. You know, uh, you know, he's doing this, he's doing his own thing and everything. Um, there was a, uh, I guess I liked um, how the bear was kind of like, um, it made me think of like when we used to go to the beach all the time. I was just thinking about this the other day uh, when we were kids in the 70s. They always had these piers these big piers that would go out into the ocean and yeah. people you could, you'd walk out on them and people would be fishing and stuff like that. We'd be like, Hey, let's walk down to the pier and they'd have like soft drinks and like snacks and stuff like sure. that. And then with the erosion of the beaches and with the hurricanes and stuff like that, I mean, they just got wiped out. Uh, they don't even have them anymore. Uh, and that's kind of what happens in this one. You know, the bears like, you know, they're, they're condemning the pier. Um, but he, even though he's an older guy, I mean, everybody just, it's just like life. Everybody continues to transition. Mm -hmm. He goes from, from being that guru on the pier. Uh, and, and when they do show him, uh, he, he, his thing is, it's almost like everybody fears change. And that's how, I mean, even at my work now or in life, you know, getting a girlfriend or something like that with my phobia, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the change is hard to take because you get comfortable and you get to, and you're like, I like it like this and I never want anything to change and everything, but you move on and things can be just as good. They're different, but they're just as good because like bear when with the pure thing, and then he's all upset, like, you know, Oh my God, everything's going to be different. It's going to suck. It's going to be horrible, blah, blah, blah. And he becomes like this kind of, he has some or success because he makes these surfboards and stuff, yeah. but when they're in the um, when they're in the shop, the surf shop, um, yeah, he walks by all these pictures on the wall and, of him surfing and stuff because he was like a really like a big pioneer too, yeah. uh, even before Matt and um, and the other guys. But they, they show the um, the his um, uh, medals from I guess it maybe it was like. Korean War or World War II or something like that. They have a little like he has a little thing up there with like a couple of medals right. in it for that. So you know he's he's done that too. Now these guys um, they're dealing with the same thing because this starts out at the beginning, like you said, it had a fifties feel. Mm -hmm. You know, at the beginning at the beginning of the sixties, you were still list people were still listening to the Beach Boys and stuff like that, and it was it was more of a fifties carryover. But then you got into the hippie thing, and you see that too. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. these, yeah, they, these guys, um, like I was talking about, like when you were talking about the documentary about the hip hop band or whatever, and I'm like, ah, you know, that was sort of the same thing for me because <laughs> they're used to listening to surf music and doing their thing, and that's their thing. And then Matt and his wife 
go to this restaurant, which used to be like a burger place. And the guy's like, Hey man, you know, we, we don't serve animal torture, yeah. you know, they don't serve meat. And it was like a hippie place. And he was like, that's ah, fucking hippies. You know? I, I kind of wonder sometimes if I've become that yet. Every, like, everybody does eventually. I think so. Uh, you know, I like to think sometimes I'm open, but then I talk about things that I just hate, like new shit all the time. And like, I don't know if it's because new shit is bad or is it just because I'm set in my ways at this point? It just it happens to everybody. It's just the way it is. <laughs> and like I said, even with music, I I was telling someone uh, one day at work, a guy that I work with is like uh, in his twenties, and I, I'm like, you know, the last really new stuff that I listened to that I just really loved and everything was like back when you know Pearl Jam came out, you know, and I got all their stuff and I loved them. And he goes, dude, that was like. 20 years it ago. Was. It was. And I'm like, fuck. And then I felt really old. So and <laughs> we, we went record shopping the other day. Um, uh, a couple of friends of mine, uh, Karen, Philip, and I, and we uh, we we went, um, I, I was going through all the records and I pulled out three to buy. It was the Buzzcocks, it was Joy Division, and I was buying a Cure record for my wife. And, you know, I looked at them for a second. I'm like, this is the shit I listen to all the time. It's the same thing. And it's like, I went up to the guy and I was like, I got. I said, I'm going to be a difficult customer. Look, I want you to look at these records that I have in my hand, and I want you to suggest something made in the last ten years because my that's where like music stops for me. Like 2003, right. it's like I haven't really, I don't know anything new now. Maybe a yeah. couple things, but I was like, can you suggest things that I might like based on what I have here? So I ended up re replacing two of the records and buying two other ones. He's like, get um, the fuck out of here, Grandpa. <laughs> well, this, I mean, this guy's about my age, I think, so. Yeah. But, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, they have a they have a sound, and I mean, I, was, I, I talked to him more, obviously. I wasn't, that wasn't his only challenge, but mm. um, it was that kind of thing where it's like, I, I, I want to continue to break out. I don't want to get stuck and, you know. Stale. Yeah. But in, in some ways, you, you, you it's, it's, um, I mean, like I said, I mean, help for my mom and dad, you know, they, they, they got to a point, you know, they, they grew up in the, um, uh, graduate, my mom and dad both graduated from high school in like 1960. Mm -hmm. Well, their musical taste, you know, when they're listening, I'd ask my mom, I said, well, what do you guys listen to? You know? And she's like, well, you know, like Tom Jones and Elvis and this and that and everything. But then, you know, I'd be like, well, what about like the Beatles, you know? The, and she goes, well, we, you know, we listen to the Beatles, but it was just a, that was, that was on the radio and everything. But then, you know, now if you say like, even like, okay, the Eagles, which were, um, kind of mid seventies, yeah. whatever. And she's like, yeah, I don't listen to that stuff. You know, it's what you, it's, as you get older, you have your stuff, you cling to the stuff that you're comfortable with. And, you know, some people might not, but then you end up, you know what, <laughs> then if you don't, and you don't a lot, you end up being like one of my friends who um, is 45 years old and goes to, um, <laughs> oh, um, what's that, not Abercrombie, but like one of those stores, oh. and he, he wears clothes that like 16-year-old uh, kids wear, and we all laugh at him. And he and he puts black or goop in his hair, and you know walks around with his stomach <laughs> sucked in, and it's like, dude, you know, I don't care what you wear, you're you're getting pissed. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, but you see a lot of that, and um, and I and I like that they did that. Um, these guys, um, both Busey and 
uh, Jim Michael Vincent were like 34 when they made this movie. And when you watch the first scenes when they're, like you said, maybe right out of high school, mm-hmm. I believed it, you know, because yeah. they just both they all, they just look young as shit. Uh, and then as they transition, I think Cat um, doesn't pull it off as well because he was actually, I think, 27 or 28. He oh, was he, younger. He, yeah, he had a baby face anyway. Yeah. yeah. And there's a couple of scenes where, okay, the the one thing I was going to say was with uh, Bear, you know, them showing him having some, like a, like a bronze star or something like that or a purple heart on the wall. Um, this deals with the Vietnam era too. Like we were talking about the draft board and them yeah. going there and everything. But it goes further than that. It's almost like the movie The Deer Hunter without showing what happens when they go to Vietnam. But, I mean, they all don't go. But I'm just saying it's that camaraderie, that friendship, and then all of a sudden there's this horrible thing and your buddy is like, you know, my God, I may never see him again. You know, what's going to happen? Um, but with Kat uh, in those scenes when they start getting older, you know, they change his hair and they give him a mustache and everything, but it's not as convincing. Jan Michael Vincent, you know, he when he goes to the restaurant or even at the end, and he's got like some aviator sunglasses on. He's got his own business, like a, a pool cleaning business yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He looks like a, a you know an older guy, and so does Busey. Um, let's see here. Uh, Leroy the Masochist at one point. Um, the stuff that he does to get out of going to Vietnam. <laughs> uh, you'll see Joe's greasy Joe Spinell. Yeah, yeah Joe Spinell's there. He's the doctor. <laughs> But um, he, he was, was he very, was funny when he started yelling at me. Oh my god, he was very convincing because he was so it was just like so neurotic and so weird. Can I have a cigarette? Uh, and then he <laughs> he kept trying to steal his his uh, lighter every fucking time. Um, that was kind of funny. And uh, the fish thing when he was sitting there filling out the paperwork and he started eating the paperwork, he just had this big <laughs> like uh, uh, fucking I don't know if it was a tuna or, or not a tuna. It was like some kind of fish, big fish salmon or something just sitting on top of the thing uh and he rubbed it all over his hair and everything that was funny uh, <laughs> um cat's hair why did i say cat's hair his hair was weird because when he was oh, on the beach, oh my god i just i have no i i forgot i spelled it c-a-t-s and i was thinking what oh, the oh. fuck is there a cat yeah william cat's hair <laughs> uh, when they um He's the he's the quintessential you know pretty uh, boy, real quiet pretty boy. Like uh, his hair is almost like bleach blonde. It's so white from the sun, and uh, when he's young, it's real curly and everything. But when he goes to Vietnam oh. or he's going, that his hair looked like shit. It looked like they were trying to <laughs> do a crew cut or something. Like he was in the service, but they didn't. He didn't want to get a crew cut, so they, they just, just kind of. Combed it over really tight. It, yeah, it looks like it's painted or something, like Max <laughs> Hedrum. Uh, apparently, he was a Green Beret uh, because when they're when he, they're getting ready to give him his send off, Leroy's wearing a uh, his beret, and it's uh, special. For, back then, the only people that wore berets in the American uh, military were the Green Berets, so he was special forces guy. Um, Screw you, lifeguard! <laughs> they did not like the, the lifeguard. Um, I guess they thought lifeguards meant that um, that things were changing, and uh, there were you know rules and regulations, and yeah. the fascist lifeguards were coming in. Uh, and uh, 
screw you life guard um <laughs> let's see uh i like when Busey just looked at uh, jay michael vincent and said i think i'll throw my food on you uh that was kind of funny um the girl that was william Katz's girl she was um that was patty darbinville and she was pretty cute uh, i still liked uh lee purcell better but she was like kind of known for going around and I th- if i remember correctly like uh screw like kind of a, a groupy kind of a chick and i don't know if it was don johnson or who but she was with a lot of different dudes um <laughs> Busey always I, I i imagine that that uh sometimes he came up with his own lines like he called this guy squid lips <laughs> right which i thought was pretty funny and um this movie um if you know anything about jam michael vincent okay he was actually he 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 actually served, so it was pretty convincing. I mean, they actually they they had other people doing some of the some of the the stuff because you would see they would kind of cut away and yeah. not show their face or whatever. But he was actually out there surfing, and there were scenes where they you could see his face and everything. And um, the, the scene where all three of them got on the surfboard at the same time was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, just stuff that you know guys you know friends would do and everything. Um, but he, this movie, up to a point parallels kind of how his life went um now of course he didn't come out the other side uh the way matt did but the parts where he is just completely i mean he just becomes a a, he's a young man Mm -hmm. but he just kind of becomes nothing but a drunk and he tells bear that he goes i don't want these kids looking up to me because i'm i'm just i'm just a drunk and he'd just be like hanging out at the beach with just his dirtiest looking clothes and you know sleeping out in the open and everything but um you know jam michael vince is real like i said he was like a big favorite of mine when i was a kid and it's really sad how he how he ended up with uh just drinking and he it has like when he drinks he gets really violent and mean and shit like that and he's been in a couple car wrecks and really fucked his face up uh and can hardly you know he's he talked like you know almost like a whisper mm-hmm. because his throat i think they had like a tracheotomy and they've paralyzed some of his uh the nerves and stuff in his throat um i like the movie um and it's a it's a personal favorite favorite of mine um it's probably, and I think it's known as being like the maybe the best movie about surfing. And it's not, it is about surfing, but like you said, if you tell somebody that, you know, they may have preconceived notions yeah. and say, I don't want to watch a movie about surfing. It's not just that. It's, um, that's what they do and that's their lifestyle. And it, and it kind of is a part of them. It's a, a spiritual thing for them. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the movie to me is more about friendship and about um, about uh, like you said, like change. Uh, you know, they say coming of age, sort of a coming of age deal. Um, but anyway, that's about all I have. I, you covered quite a bit or most yeah. of the stuff that I. Uh, so yeah, I mean the like I like Jan Michael Vincent. Um, I'd say though he's one of the lesser actors. Here, cat mm-hmm. uh, is pretty quiet, so you don't get a, you don't get to see a lot from him. Um, some of the line delivery that, like, I mean, this is a very small complaint for me, but the some of the line delivery from J. Michael Vincent was just it seemed a little forced at times. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to nitpick anything, um, well, I think he was more like a um, 
he was almost more like a Charles Bronson kind of guy. He yeah. was a presence. He was a look Definitely. and a charisma, but not uh, you know an actor. The one uh, one guy that I forgot to mention, and this scene kind of I I like the scene because I've never. I wouldn't say that I've had the same thing happen to me, but you you say you are waxing nostalgic about like some girl that you were in love with or that you know you just thought the world of and everything and then you either look them up or something like that and when uh cat goes to what was her name um is it sally i don't remember uh i can't remember what her name was oh yeah sally he um he comes back from the war and he just like drops by her house and he, you know this guy answers the door it's oh, steve yeah. canali and he was in the um, several spaghetti westerns, and he was also on the TV show Dallas. And uh, he's like, "Hey, is Sally here?" And he goes, "You know, uh, no, she's not here. Um, I'm her husband. Can I help you?" And you just see the look on his face, like, "Oh, you know, things aren't what they yeah. were. Things have moved on. Things have, you know, are, are different." But you always expect, you know, if, uh, to in that situation. You like Sammy said a few times, you know, you start thinking about the past and sometimes it's better just to, you know, let it go. Um, you think, uh, you know, you're going to just show up and she's going to be sitting there and this could be this big smile and you're just going to rekindle. Yeah. But, you know, but shit moves on. So when you were gone for three years and, you know, laying in a rice paddy with your fucking nuts blown off, <laughs> this bitch was at home sucking somebody's cack. 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 So, yeah. I mean, like I was saying, the, the, Film's not the, I guess, the best acted, um, but nah. it's, it's 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 entertaining when it's fun. It's you know it's touching. If I, I think it might, I think it might speak more to guys. Mm. Um, it might be more like of a guy oriented film, which I guess all, <laughs> pretty much every fucking thing we review yeah. is. Well, but, I mean, the girls were just kind of like uh, they were there, yeah. but I mean, they were just kind of like uh, they weren't explored that much or yeah. anything like that. And, see, I'm, and I'm not from this. I'm not from this time period at all, but it's still it's still the over theme, the overarching themes of it will speak to pretty much any yeah at, of a certain age or older. So, um, but uh, yeah, I had a, I have a lot of fun with this, and it's still good the second time I saw it. Um, I'd give it a seven point seven five out of ten. Um, definitely mm-hmm. recommend checking it out for anybody. So, uh, I like it. Like I said, this it's uh, just like a favorite of mine. Um, brrr. I think that you know Melius, uh, uh, you know, just uh, definitely the surfing stuff. I'm not even like I, I don't sit around watching surfing or think about it or anything, but it's the, just awesome. You know, the, the way it's shot and everything. Um, my God, I'd hate to think that you rated higher than me, uh, <laughs> but but I think you do. I think I I'm going to give it like about uh, 7.25. And it's a good 7.25. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I recommend it, definitely. And I recommend it to uh, Mikey just because he likes Red Brown. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Red Brown idolizing moment in there. So. Yeah. Um, Shirtless and whipping ass. Yes. It was awesome. And and Busey, o- an oily Busey is pretty fun, too. So, mm-hmm. so cool. Uh, definite solid recommendation from us. So we're going to take another break, and we're going to come back and review quite a different movie. Uh, this was Reverend Scott's choice. Thursday from 1998. Hallelujah. We'll be right back. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, 
reinventions and Reese Witherspoon. Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think the Cinturis is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal, you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. back again little Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds there for you that was uh, all tomorrow's parties what I tried to do with the music this week instead of like matching the movie names I had a song called uh, Yesterday I had Yesterday's I had all tomorrow's parties and then a song that you'll hear coming up soon (laughs) very clever very clever I'm a dumbass alright so our next movie is a film from 1998 called Thursday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, Thursday stars Thomas Jane. It stars Aaron Eckhart, sort of. It stars, sort of, Paula Porizkova. Um, directed by Skip Woods, who has not directed anything else, but has written one of Zom's favorite movies, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yay! Yay! And so, yeah, and some other great shit. He's working on another Die Hard movie, which, yeah. Hitman with Mark Wahlberg. I know that's your favorite. Mm-hmm. So, um, Thursday's uh, synopsis real quick. A former L.A. drug de- dealer has moved to Houston to make a new life for himself <sighs> as a married architect. Everything <laughs> falls apart when he's suddenly visited by one of his former cohorts who comes carrying heroin. Discovering the dope, the architect flushes it down the drain. This sets up a series of tough customers seeking the dope, including a Rasta hitman, a, this is not right, ex-lover, Dallas, who ties him up and rapes him. (laughs) Well, that's a spoiler. And uh, a criminal called Billy with a penchant for torture and a rogue cop who I quite like. You might know him because we talked about him earlier. Um... (laughs) So yeah, Zom, I'll let you take the lead here. Alrighty. I had never heard of this movie 
and I and I should be prepared and have my notes like fucking like where they should be. <laughs> but this mustache is fucking bugging me. I'm stretching, and I have started yawning ever since you told me that I keep yawning. So, and I don't know why. <laughs> you shouldn't say that because now I'm like every God. I'm yawning again. Um, I'm surprised that this didn't. Uh, I. I get something some kind of a release that uh, but i mean it's rated i, I imagine it's rated r oh, it has to be uh, it has, has to be. be um so but um it's got a pretty good cast and um wait a minute mention now god i'm itching uh uh <laughs> try to scratch my back okay this is good radio right the, here the inside of zom's asshole was itching just in case <laughs> it's my back <laughs> not my asshole <laughs> Ugh, that's uh gonna need to be uh I'll evacuated shortly too <laughs> oh, anyway yeah. um starting out okay let me just say one of the things that I wanted to write over and over, and I, I wrote it a couple of times, was Thomas Jane's hair is ridiculous. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. Okay. He's he's this yuppie fuck, um, and that style, I don't know what it is because it makes – it's like a mushroom head because his face <laughs> looks really small and tiny, but then he has this big bush it's, of uh, – I don't know, it's blonde. A very, it's a very bad '90s haircut. Yeah, very bad '90s haircut. It just looks, it looks ridiculous. Um, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought his hair, the the hair that showed they showed then was bad, but then when they showed like early '90s post metal, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jane, yeah, ooh, that was that was really bad with his little short ponytail. Wow. Ugh. What a guy. Um, <laughs> I have never, I have never dated a girl that had a, um, a uh, stadium jacket that said cunt across the back in big, huge letters. <laughs> but I, ha- but I will say this, I have dated several girls that should have had the word cunt tattooed on their forehead. <laughs> um, uh, but um, boom, but um, boom. Um, <laughs> Now these notes are just. Did I even write? Somebody else write these. Bear hug. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a bear hug uh, in the last show. We talked about um, in Silent Rage that someone brought back the bear hug. Yeah. Well, there was a bear hug in this uh, between Aaron Eckhart and Thomas Jane, which uh, turns into a loving, um, a loving uh, friendship hug. But it was a big bear hug. Um, Lots of lots of yuppie stuff. Aaron Eckhart in this is, um, I know the the character he's playing, but his clothing is ridiculous. There, a lot of the the the, the villain people dress in some very ridiculous clothing. I mean, um, I can't imagine that anybody that wasn't snorting like like big salad bowls full of cocaine would dress like these people. Um, uh, and he he has the um, the greasy slick straight back hair, mm-hmm. uh, and um, all, constantly has this really um, big cheesy smile on his face. 
because I think uh, you know, maybe he's just fucking hyped up. He's he's con- he's like kind of conning, but also he has. I think he's probably wild eyed and doing a lot of blow. Right. Um, um. They had they had the old school um, um, car phone, which uh, is not really like a uh, like a razor or a you know an iPhone. It's a little bit bigger than that, and it uh, is uh, bolted to the console of your car. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have one of those. <laughs> I'm old. Um, <laughs> You motherfucker, get off my lawn. Um, <clears throat> the snacky cake coffee thing at the very beginning, that, I mean, that hooked me. Yeah, the, that, the, was, the, that was good. Paulina Porosikova's outfit and the snacky cake coffee thing at the very beginning, I was in. I was like, this is going to be good. Um <laughs> the snacky, the snacky cake girl behind the counter was fucking hilarious. Um, eh, let's see what else we got here. We had a cow phone. There, yeah, back in in like the nineties, there was a big thing about cow patterns. Yeah, the, it was like a, a cow, big thing. Dell computers, the fucking the boxes they shipped. Yeah, was, he had a big cow gateway, phone. Gateway, Jesus Christ, yeah. gateway computers. And and the uh, the um, the where where the the buttons where you dialed were like where the teats were, and uh, <laughs> then he had an apron at one time that had a big cow pattern on it. Um, in the keeping in the vein of the Silva and Gold podcast, we had some severe overt racist uh, <laughs> language. Wow, uh, boy, did we have some severe racist language. Uh, I mean, it was it. It made me cringe. These gentlemen are from Texas, and they kind of talk like it. Yeah, they're not down with the brown, apparently. <laughs> um, I think that may have just been a racist comment. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> There's a couple. There was a couple of racist things um, the, about the uh, Asian neighbor. Uh, that was from another guy who dressed like really like he was uh, a bad golfer with uh, like fluorescent plaid pants. Um, Mickey Rourke um, shows up in this, and I looked at the um, the uh, filmography, and you know, so I knew he was going to be in it. But I mean, you go through quite a bit of the movie; you're down to maybe like the last twenty minutes, and he shows up. And now, to me, this looked like. Uh, it's an older Mickey Rourke, but it to me looks like it's an older Mickey Rourke before he really had a lot of work done on his face that makes him look kind of weird now. Yeah, it wasn't quite like Rourke 2.0. It was more like right. Rourke 1.5. I, I believe I read somewhere like that one of the things they said that really makes him look weird is that he got like cheek implants. Well, he looks pretty lean here and mm-hmm. pretty sleek. And man, I love that fucking hair. It, that yeah. He kind of has like a... That Mickey Rourke kind of like it's like pompadoured up, sort of, but it doesn't look stupid like B fifty twos or something like that. It's it looks really cool. He 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 is fucking cool as shit in this movie. I hate just B fifty twos, by the way. Yeah, rock lobster. Ugh, fuck them. Do, do, do. Lobster. I want to oh. I want to see a movie with fucking Julia Stiles, uh, Lily Sobieski with a soundtrack by the B fifty twos. Well, I'll tell you this: that one chick in the B-52s had some big, milky uh, white jugs. So there, there's always, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade um, or milk. 
Ja, Milk. It likes milk. There was a scene in this, and this is a, a titular scene, if you will, for me. And I guess it kind of brings out the, uh, it says something about me. But um, first of all, I have to say this. I used to have a poster of Paulina Porozakova on my wall when I was in college. Uh, she was um, like the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Um, you had, okay, first the first big name that was on there that was on there several times and was in the issue was Cheryl Teagues. And then you moved on, I think, to like say Christy Brinkley and uh, then Paulina Poroskova was the next one, and then like Kathy Ireland, and then it, to the newer ones like Bar Raphael or whoever. And she was she was big at this time. She was here, or, and and before this, this was even a little bit later. Yeah. Because um, I mean, I'm talking about uh, probably in the uh, late '80s. I mean, she was a big supermodel and a big you know, swimsuit model and all this and that. And she married Rico Kasich of the the lead singer of the Cars, who is about the ugliest, fucking skinniest, ugliest, <laughs> weirdest looking motherfucker on the planet. So I will say this: she doesn't care about looks, but she has looks. <laughs> yeah. And I was shitting myself because it was like, oh my god, uh, the outfit she wears. It's worth the movie to see all the shit she wears. It's worth the movie to see the scene with her and Thomas Jane where she basically has him tied to a chair. Um, she has one of the most amazing looking tongues of all time. It's uh, awesome. Just like to the point where I'm like, Jesus. fuck. <sighs> and now this, I'm going to give some stuff up here because this, like I said, I think this might say a little bit of something. When she like slaps him across the face, I got like um, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you know. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I watched the scene with my wife in the room. Did you really? Yeah, it was kind of weird. I, I I wasn't sure how she was gonna react to it because she was kind of halfway reading something and then she kept looking up at the TV, and I'm pretty sure that one got her full attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell if she appreciated the scene or not, but uh, well, and and um. I'm trying to think what the other one was. Uh, well, when she's, she shows up and there's a guy there. Of course, Jane and um, Eckhart are f- best friends, former best friends. And they had been – Eckhart has led like not a double life because he's basically – well, a double life in the in the whole scope of things. But he's not doing things behind his wife's back. He has quit doing the bad stuff and has decided I'm going to go on the straight and narrow – and he becomes an architect and everything, but in his past is this really bad shit, uh, criminal stuff. And Eckhart has never given that up, and he has his own little crew uh, that uh, consists of like you know uh, this girl and another guy, and um, he's still real sleazy and everything. And when he shows up, uh, even when when the, Thomas Jane answers the phone and he hears him and he says, "Hey man, I'm in town. I'm coming over," and he's like. Uh, hey, you know, uh, you're what? So he doesn't want him around. He wants all that shit out of his life. 
But uh, there's a guy that um, is comes to Thomas Jane's house, and they're sitting there talking, and he doesn't know anything about any of this. He's just a an innocent bystander guy. And when Paulina Porskova shows up, <laughs> and she starts talking to this guy while Thomas Jane's in the other room, it's like, oh my god, I would fucking my pants would have ripped completely open. <laughs> uh, but not only that, that, there's one part where she's sitting on the couch, and he looks over. And she's uh, the one thing I like about her. Like even I mean, they show her completely naked, head to toe, except for her shoes. And um, she is she was a model, but and and maybe when like I said, this is probably ten years after she was really a huge model and all that Sports Illustrated stuff. But um, she um, she's you, I want to say she's really tall. Mm-hmm. And she might be, but of course she has like six inch heels on just about in every scene. So it makes her look even taller, but, um, she doesn't have like big boobs or anything, but also she's not like so skinny that it's disgusting. Yeah. Like from behind, she actually looks like she kind of has like a, a nice butt and like her legs aren't like uh sticks. But she's sitting on the couch, and the guy looks over, and he's like this real prim and proper guy. And she has like a a red latex uh, mini skirt dress on, and she's sitting there with her legs completely spread apart, like fucking Pete Rose or something, you know, <laughs> guzzling a fucking beer. It just drinks this beer. Okay, now that wasn't beer because I don't give a shit. If you drink beer, whether you're a hot girl or not, <laughs> and you drink it that fast, you are going to belch like a goddamn truck driver. I loved seeing um, back in. Back in uh, uh, WCW days, no, 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 this was right after, um, and Steve Austin was doing his thing in WWE, I guess yeah. it was still F, and he would always guzzle the beers. I think it was Shane McMahon, like, mm-hmm. guzzled a beer with him once, and you could totally, maybe it wasn't Shane McMahon, it was somebody kind of, like, equally kind of nerdy. Mm-hmm. And guzzled a beer, and you could totally see him just like belching and gagging. Like, <laughs> well, shit. The one thing about Stone Cold was he would pour ninety percent of it. It's like Chuck <laughs> Norris in the buried truck. He pours most of it just down his face. It just falls out and goes yeah. all over his face and down his chest and everything. And he can't act, so you know I don't give a fuck. Uh, man, you watch a movie with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and <laughs> anyway, sidetrack Arama. Um, there, it, it, um, the, <laughs> Thomas Jane's wife was, she was there. I guess she was in House and some other TV shows. Uh, my friend Randy's, he's like, I've seen her somewhere before. Yeah, I've seen but her too. He, he's watched, he watches some TV, so uh, uh, he, he remembered the show she was in. Um, but... <sighs> This movie is very, very violent. <laughs> it is. It's very violent, and it's got a lot of blood and, and stuff like that in it. Um, there's, I, I'm trying. I mean, I liked it, uh, but you know, that's like even with my notes and stuff like that. And I'm trying to think of things that you know, the the, the one scene that stands out, of course, is with her uh, and him, but. Um, his hair is horrible, and other than that, and Mickey Rourke, the rest of it, it just kind of goes along where you know another person shows up, and then uh, and then he deals with that, and then another person shows up, and he deals with that. So it's like uh, basically he's sitting at home while his wife is out of town, 
and he's this yuppie guy. And of course she's telling him, you know, almost like he's trying to do everything he can to, um, to be her perfect man. Yeah. And he thinks, you know, he, which he's basically so pussy whipped. It's unbelievable because he's almost just like this caricature of a yuppie cuckold yuppie, uh, husband. Well, then she's like, you know, it's basically kind of in a situation where she's like frustrated and pissed off. And he's like, well, what's wrong? You know, I'm doing everything I can to, and she goes, basically she kind of is, thinks he's boring and she thinks, you know, he's this yuppie cuckold, boring ass husband. And she's like, you know, this guy, I'm, I don't know if there's something else there, but you better come up with it quick because you think you're trying to please me and you're basically turn you're, you, you're, you're not repulsive, but not attractive to her because he's such a wimp. Yeah. And little does she know that he's this fucking total badass psycho, basically killer almost, you know? And well, not almost. I mean, at one time you'd have to almost be like a psychopath to do the shit that those two were doing. Um, did some ganja smoking. Um, if with, you're going to kill the, with the tiniest bong ever, yeah, the tiniest bong ever. <laughs> uh, and then we had the. Um, it would take them fucking like eight hours to smoke that that giant pile of weed to that <laughs> tiny little bong. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, well, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead because, like I said, I I, I watched this. This was one of those ones where I I watched it. Uh, I didn't take a lot of notes because I th- I really liked it. I I was enjoying it. Um, it's not Citizen Kane or anything like that, but for a, a shoot 'em up uh, gangster kind of a movie that has some good sexual stuff in it and and um, lots of gunplay and violence and things like that, I liked it. But as far as like the notes go, um, they were lacking. Yeah. Uh, just and and it's not because I was like sleepy or anything like that. I and or I didn't take any notes, but uh, there were some there were some good lines and everything. But it wasn't. It just wasn't. Uh, it was a pretty simple movie. Yeah. When it came right down to it, 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 it seemed a lot like Tarantino light. Um, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It was a lot to Tarantino's '90s work. Um, the there are some there. You know, you mentioned some funny lines like right at the beginning when the cop says, "You got to respect a motherfucker that can fuck a green bitch and then destroy an entire civilization all in <laughs> yeah, sixty yeah. minutes." He's talking about Shatner, Captain Kirk. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny when uh, he Aaron Eckhart borrows Thomas Jane's car, and you hear him when he gets outside. He's like, "It's a fucking station wagon." Yeah, because it's a BMW, and he's like, "Ooh, Beamer, Ooh, Beamer." Then you hear the fucking station wagon. And uh, there's another line that I knew you would like when. Um, uh, Porskova's talking about, and th- this has to be a weird role for her. I doubt she ever did anything like this because she is a crude human being in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's talking about gay porn and how hot it gets her, and she's like, that gets, <laughs> yeah. it gets me so wet, they have to steam clean the seat after I leave. Yeah. <laughs> two big, huge, thick cocks sliding in and out of each other, and it's like, okay, this would be hot if you weren't talking about two guys. <laughs> Which no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Somebody else might like that, but you know, yeah. I'm um, telling you what, I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm not even going to go into it. But like I said, she was, um, she watching this movie. You think to yourself, my God, what? <laughs> just oh, but if you had a girl that was like that, that walked around with uh, 
C-U-N-T in giant letters across the back of her jacket <laughs> that acted the way she did and everything, she would make your life completely miserable. Yeah. You know, you might you might have some good sex, but um, See, and I'm telling you what, you know, when when Jane uh, she goes, you know, hey, we've got a lot of time to kill. I know, let's fuck. <laughs> He's like, no way, no way. Oh, bullshit. I'd be like, listen, I'm tied up. I have deniability. If my wife walked in right now and I'm tied to this thing with blood all over me and everything and some girl's riding my dick and he's like, uh, you know, there's no way that that you're getting me inside of you. As soon as she took her, well, she didn't even have to take her clothes off. No. Just walking around that outfit, I had a fucking boner. I was watching it and I had a boner. <laughs> Jacked um, off. I think it, for me... I didn't love this one. Um, I think for me, the uh, if it weren't for the shocking moments, this would be a very run of the mill movie. Run of the mill, yeah. It, that's it, why my notes were kind of lacking. I it think. kind of it kind of relies on the quick amounts of gore and the uh, and the shocking like lines and stuff that some yeah. of the characters say. Uh, I wish Aaron Eckhart was in it more because mm. I, I think I liked him and I liked Mickey Rourke the best out of right. the movie. Thomas Jane just kind of like uh, yeah, I mean, he, he Thomas Jane is Thomas Jane, and I, f- I feel like I've seen him weird looking. do this thing before. Uh, poor Escova was interesting, but like I said, she's most of the uh, source of the shocking moments. Right. Uh, to, to it's the not truth. just the hair. There's something. It's like his ears stick out, and he has a, a little face he has or a small face. Yeah, small face. And um, now, Pulp Fiction hit real big in like 94. like ninety four. So after Pulp Fiction and after Tarantino, then everybody started putting out these that type style of yep. with the shocking dialogue, uh, with the you know the extreme language and the extreme violence, uh, you know ultra violence kind of thing. So that's pro- maybe that's why this got shelved and didn't really get a, a big release or whatever. Yeah. Because like I said, I had never even heard of it. They do. I mean, they have a trailer on YouTube or whatever, but. Um, we found this to be difficult to find. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, just like the um, the uh, Dien Bien Phu movie that I looked for for about three years. And then as soon as I go to YouTube, it's on YouTube in like <laughs> 10 parts. And I was, I was sitting there last night. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, we looked for this thing forever. And it's on YouTube. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, in the future. So uh, you can go ahead and read it. I don't have a lot to add. Um, yeah. I didn't take a lot of notes either. Um, especially since I was watching it with my wife, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, wait, I can't really. Uh, if she, if I'm sitting here writing, writing while Thomas Jane is getting ridden, she's gonna be like, what, what are you writing over there? <laughs> I'm writing a dirt, drawing a dirty picture. Um, <laughs> how would I rate this? I enjoyed it. I, it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and twenty seven minutes or something like that, and it goes pretty quick. Um, this was also when Mickey Rourke was like a lot of the movies he was in, he would be in for like maybe 10 minutes. And, uh, he did a lot, he did quite a bit of those for, you know, just, I guess, cashing a paycheck or whatever. Um, it's fun watching him because, uh, in anything he's in, I've never seen him. I don't think where I felt like he gave a really shitty performance He's good. And uh, him and Aragon Eckhart both are the highlights yeah. of this movie for me. But I thought, I, like, watching Mickey Rourke in this movie is like watching uh, it, uh, um, 
just sitting there and watching him, even if he's in it for 10 minutes or less, just his role, watching him, how he reacts, how he delivers his lines and everything is it's cool just to watch him, you know, because, and, and then at one time he wasn't working a lot because he got in, you know, all the boxing and all that shit. Uh, so you get to see him here. Um, like I said, Eckhart, I think Eckhart's underrated. I think he picks shitty projects. Yeah, he he's a really good slimy guy. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think he's a good actor. I, I saw him in a movie with um, you know, Helena Bonham Carter uh, that was oh, that kind one, of a, that, that one was really good. Uh, like the a one split where screen split deal, split screen the whole time. I thought yeah, that was awesome. I like that. And uh, Jane, like I said, I. T- He's Thomas Jane, but I mean, I don't. Uh, he was convincing, like when when they switched over and they they did the flashback. They do flashbacks in this to where where they go back and tell about him and Eckhart's uh, past. You know, of course, which they needed to do that because you needed to see how bad they really were. And something happens in the movie that causes Jane to. Um, Basically, it's almost like he snaps. Yeah. As far as he, he's the kind of guy that that could slit your slit your throat and not think one thing about it, or cut your head off, or whatever. And Eckhart's the exact same way. They're like best friends, but something happens, and you can just see it. It just some you would think this is a guy that nothing would ever affect him because he's seen it all and done it all. But then something happens, and you see in that scene that he's. You know, and of course they go out of their way because that's what turns him to 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 want to get out of it and do other stuff. Uh, and then he actually later on, even you would think after all the shit that's going on, okay, he's he was this badass guy that he's just going to completely revert back to that, and he'll go up to a certain point, but he still can't. It's like he lost the taste for it. He can't. Uh, go past, you know, he might punch somebody out or something like that. But when it comes to to uh, going further than that, he even starts to, and he's trying to convince himself. I like that part, that one little scene where he's like, this motherfucker was going to torture you. He was going to cut you up in pieces. He's telling himself that, trying to talk himself into being able to to do this guy in, and he can't do it no matter what because he's he's just has this thing you know something touched him in a certain way or bothered him or disturbed him and but so that was all right i would rate this um maybe like a six point six point five um like i said i can't say that i didn't like it. i i thought it was good i yeah. enjoyed watching it i just i don't think it was a great movie and uh um i'm curious because what i want what i want to do is maybe um let some of my friends watch it and see what they I think I think to guys, I think guys will love it because it's just, you know, it's a lot of violence, a lot of heavy on the language, heavy on the violence, heavy on the sex stuff. And um it's made for guys. I I uh I um actually shared it um with a couple of our lady friends from on uh, our silver and gold lady friends and I'm interested in hearing what they have to say about it too. Um but um, anyway, that's yep. about it. Well, Six point five, and uh, I'm 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 right there. Um, I'd say I'd give it about a. I, for me, it's just like a six. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, like I was saying about the, the the Tarantino thing, especially the the tasty cakes thing. I liked that scene, but you know, if it weren't for Tarantino, that scene would never even been written. I guarantee right. it. Um, well, now this this dude that that's the one thing. Okay, when when you're watching this, um, take into consideration the guy that wrote this wrote Swordfish with Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman <laughs> and Travolta, Hitman with Mark Wahlberg. X-Men Origins Wolverine the a- and the A-Team. Okay, so I would say out of every one of those movies, and these were all released, uh, pretty big releases, I like Thursday better than Swordfish, Hitman, X-Men Origins, and the A-Team. And they all got big releases. Yeah. And I I, I thought this was more, I, I don't know, those other ones, I'll wa- they're on FX like every, uh, this guy must have a contract with FX because every one of these movies they show over and over again on there. But I don't think any of them, for me, IMO, in my opinion, uh, uh, I like Thursday better. And it didn't even get like a, a release or whatever in the United States. Or I think there's some I think there's some things that happen in the movie that make it hard to be shown in a normal theater. There's some things that might even push this to an NC-17 rating. Yeah. yeah oh, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the subject matter that's crossed that, you know. So I don't know. But, you know, it's solid. Um I'm not sure I'd revisit it a ton though. Um, so would you I, slick your hair back like Aaron Eckhart with that greasy shit and put on that lime green suit? I kind of I kind of do when I get out of the shower anyway because I'm lazy, <laughs> but I don't. It doesn't stay slicked back. It's only because it's wet. Well, I also liked his um, his kind of I wouldn't say sleazy, but his um, oh the the grips on his pistol. Uh, Aaron Eckhart, I think it was Eckhart. It, it was yeah 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 it was definitely him because it was in the the tasty cakes thing or whatever when he mm-hmm. was behind the counter he takes his gun out and he's got like these ivory grips on like a forty five automatic and they have a a, a a like a devil woman uh with that's naked with her tits you know etched in it oh and I liked so how kinda... I liked how his phones looked real shitty throughout the movie he'd call on pay phones and they were always like real beat to hell one was oh yeah like tape <laughs> gashes in them with the plastic um so yeah anyway the Solid flick. Well, what did, did what? <laughs> here's just this. This I'm not going to give anything away, because, but I'm just going to ask you. At first, I had no idea what Mickey Rourke. I thought when he walked in and he had that that like uh, gift bag. Uh-huh. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, because the thing just came up that says Alex Ladd. I, oh, I, I just uh, sent you a link to an image. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever the fuck. <laughs> anyway. Um, Glossing over. Um, did you know? Did you have any idea what was in that like uh, big shopping gift bag or whatever that Mickey Rourke carried in the house? No, no, that was pretty. I didn't either, and and I was like, I thought, well, is that the, is that the money, or yeah. you know, is this what it? What is this? And then when it was, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, anyway, six or what did I say? Six or six point two five? Six point two five. Six point two five and a six. Did you say six? Five, whatever, six something. <laughs> <laughs> Worth checking out, but we didn't love it. So there you have it. Let's take a little break again, if you will, and uh, we'll do a little feedback in the show, maybe before three hours this this week. <laughs> we'll be right back. Did you know that Asian people prefer being called Orientals? Did you know that Ching Chong, Ting Tong is a respectful salutation in all Asian cultures? 
Did you know that paper cuts can cause massive arterial sprays in Orientals? No? Well, then you should listen to Podcast Without Honor and Humanity, the internet's fourth best Asian film podcast. Every week, your host, Jake McLarchus, will cover two Asian films that can range from the obscure to the notorious, from a Sonny Chiba werewolf film to a splattergore atrocity, from Category 3 to the Korean New Wave and beyond. Tune in at the website, podcastwithouthonorandhumanity.libsyn.com. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Or you can just search Podcast Without Honor and Humanity in iTunes. So give Podcast Without Honor and Humanity a shot and get cultured. Flawless victory. Sorry, I had to let that one play out. I like that song a lot. Ah, oh, homo. <laughs> what if we just recorded like 30 straight minutes of just us hyperventilating? I'd fucking pass out. I already got lightheaded from doing it once. <laughs> All right, let's do some feedback. That was, that was Yola Tango. Love, I love Yola Tango. Yola Tango. See, you listen to new shit. You're not old. They've been around since the 80s, so... Oh, okay, well, you are on them. <laughs> you just listen to weird shit back then, too. Uh, Frampton yeah. comes alive. Frampton, baby. All right, so we got one email this week. From uh, a familiar... Who? From uh, the king of That's the... That's not a bitch. Silver and gold battle royal. Um... The Andre the Giant of Silver and Gold. Yes. Um, uh, from Mr. A.L., Mr. Allen. Um, he was entering the contest that we mentioned last week. You son of a bitch! So, uh, right now, I have to say, Allen is standing in the middle of the ring just waiting for you motherfuckers to come and compete. All That's I have I to say, say to everybody else is... Yeah, I won't go. I won't go into what the answer is because I want you guys to still discover it. Uh, but 
As for his email, he said, uh, thanks for making me rewatch Silent Rage. It's been a long, long time since I watched it last, and I didn't remember anything. One last thing. Back in the day, when I finally got around to Russ Meyer movies, I bought a few on Laserdisc. One of them was Black Snake, and to my surprise slash horror, it has no big boobs. Oh? What? From what That's I, a bunch of bullshit. From what I read later, he apparently made three movies without the big boobies. So consider this a warning so you won't be disappointed if you watch it. I won't it. even fucking bother with that Fuck shit. Fuck that shit. Garbage. So cool. Thanks for uh, entering the contest, Alan. You might be uh, winning another sweet-ass poster. From oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to be winning some sweet ass. Like, <laughs> I don't know who's going to give it up, but it ain't going to be me. <laughs> Enjoy the loaf. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Enjoy those honey buns. Those, what do they call them? Tasty buns. Ta- yeah, tasty cakes. Cakes. Or, sweet, or sweetie cakes? I don't remember. Sweet cakes. All right. So now i got to flip to the voicemails here because I'm caught with my pants down. All right. Oh, we got a few. Uh, we got a couple more voicemails that came in while we were recording. Three, oh actually. Jesus, <laughs> fuckers! All right, so here we are cruising along, and these motherfuckers are gonna have us going like <laughs> for another hour and a half. It's because you posted that we were recording. All oh, right, wow. your first voicemail. I haven't listened to any of these this week. Zom und Luft. This is Metal Mikey. I finally surfaced from my week-long recovery from my threesome with Mia Jovovich and Summer Blair. They're both wearing Ron Perlman masks for some strange reason during that yes. And I was a bit under the weather, okay? I was a bit under the weather, and therefore I could not contribute fully to your Charles Napier tribute episodes. But still, you did an excellent job on that videos. But I do have a few things to say about your, I guess, grown-ass punks episode, namely with... Repo Man, and the other movie that I forgot the title of. But first, before we get to that, Zom, I got a few notes for you. One, I fully support your love for Xena, Lucy Wallace, and Zoe Bell. Maybe <laughs> Zoe Bell and Lucy Wallace should be my next threesome conquest. Mm-hmm. And this time out, I'll have them wear an Albert Brooks mask. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and on the subject of VHS players and fatalities involving them, this was a dastardly affair in my youth in that I'm surprised my parents did not, you know, throw me out to the streets because I nearly came very close to breaking one of their VHS players when I put in a faulty Captain America cartoon collection into my, into well, again, I can't say my, but our VHS player. So the Red Skull, Johann Schmidt, he nearly destroyed the freedom of my VHS player. I'm just saying. And as for Repo Man itself, you know, it's kind of weird. I don't really have a whole lot to say about the movie because I've tried watching Repo Man a few times throughout my youth. And it just never really clicked with me. I might need to just actually give it another chance. But for centuries reason, it's never really fully resonated with me. But Dianetics. Oh, you had to bring up Dianetics. You see, some of my recent viewings, namely... 1989 episode of Primetime Wrestling, hosted by Gorilla Monsoon and the real host of Primetime Wrestling. One, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Listen up, you ham and eggers here. Ham and eggers. I am seeing tons of ads on those old tapes, or, you know, DVD rips of the tapes. 
of Dianetics, and it brought back youthful memories of just, like you said, going, what's this Dianetics? It's kind of crazy. It looks kind of like a science fiction-y kind of thing. What? What the hell is going on here? And finally, tell you what, Sylvan Gold, mm. you sent me, you sent me your <laughs> promo. You sent it all the way up to Active Traction. I will pimp <laughs> the living shit out of your promo. But in trade, you must both agree to accept Give him a hammer, my hammer, latest <laughs> recording of promos. Because you'll have three to pick from that. You can't lose. If one's spitty, and then you got like two others to choose from. I'm going to fucking play uh, all three of my show. And right... Oh, uh, I feel like I'm going to vomit. Uh-oh, he got cut off. Please <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know. And this, no offense to you, Mikey, but all of a sudden I'm getting really nauseous. <laughs> 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 I'm not kidding either. Oh. Ugh. I have my first barf on air. Your, um, your stomach is a son of a bitch. You know what I watched? Uh, I, I forgot to bring this up, and this just this is just oh, shit. F- for you. I almost uh, played another voicemail by accident. I, I got another one oh, from fuck Mikey. those fucking motherfuckers. We got <laughs> shit to talk about. No, I watched um, I watched the uh, chainsaw fight scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> nice. 2. I, I thought that the uh, the the chainsaw fight scene was was pretty entertaining, yeah. but I could see the the movie looked very cartoonish compared to the first one. Oh, it's, yeah, it's complete. It's the opposite. It is the polar opposite in 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 feel. I just wondered when I was watching it what what if they would have kept it straight up like the first movie and still had Dennis Hopper and still kind of had the same thing with him being this you know guy getting trying to save his sister and having the chainsaws and stuff. They it it could have really been a a uh, I don't, really cool. It was cool, but it was just yeah. not, you know, because they was, did it so tongue and cheeky. Yeah, it was corny. All right, here's the. I think this is the rest from Metal. Oh God. Metal Mikey back again because the phone line cut off on my app. Speak up. Only one more note, like I said. Emily. You just have three of mine to choose from. You can mix and match as you choose. And I think the line was the the voicemail was disconnected for two reasons. One, I was yammering on too much. And two, it was stymied by the fact, and I'm not joking, as I was entering the expressway on-ramp to head home from work, I saw in the car right behind me a person who looked eerily much like the GGTMC Samaric. I shit you not, <laughs> this guy could have been Rick's doppelganger. He's Maybe he's you. a evil doppelganger. I was so dumbfounded. Just like, wait, what the hell is Samaric doing here? Holy crap! But was anyway, on the back of a pickup truck with a bale of hay. Excellent show, Louis. Fucking a big you pig. You both take it easy, <laughs> and I, of course, I look forward to talking to you again soon. They'll provide it that Lucy Wallace and Zoe Bell do not said that, leave Sammy, me not under me. the weather as well. We're in their Albert Brooks mask. But anyway, talk to you later. Bye. Albert Brooks mask. <laughs> There's I something about. Oh, let me tell you something. Also, let me address this. Uh, if uh, I think if Lucy Lawless, aka Zena, and I um, got together, um, we would physically hurt each other and like it. <laughs> uh, I like a big tough broad that can take some punishment. <laughs> <laughs> but the Albert, I wouldn't put an Albert Brooks mask on her. I'm not. I, he doesn't do it for me. That's all right. Maybe a werewolf mask. I still think that would be funny. Don't you think that would be funny? 
What an Albert Albert Brooks? No, like just get like these weird Halloween masks and just have like sex while your woman, wife, girlfriend, whatever, somebody else's wife and girlfriend, and you are having sex and you have like okay, like I said, say you have like a Richard Nixon rubber mask on, right? And she has on a um, Ronald Reagan. I don't know. Like a witch or a skeleton or a, a Sasquatch mask, but she's completely naked and looks good, but she's got this stupid mask on. There's stuff that you can do that can be fun and add fun and funniness and entertainment. It doesn't all just have to be passion. You can still have the passion, but you can laugh while you're doing it. And then, like, fucking when you hit each other, it like knocks the mask sideways. When, you sl- when you're slapping the shit out of each other's face. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, next voicemail. Are you ready Whoa. for the sex girls? The hot, hot what the fuck? I love this song. Are you ready for the sex girls? The right, right, ultra vital, nice, nice girls. Ah, little gleaming spires <laughs> there. Hello, Silver and Gold. This is Eric Reanimator. Uh, been in Revenge of the Nerds kind of mood, if you couldn't tell from the music. Uh, also, the last American Virgin DVD box set out there that's got all four of the films, and uh, obviously the first one's a classic. I recently rewatched it and highly enjoyed it, and I really have to recommend the commentary track that is on the Penny Raid edition. <laughs> I also think the uh, the second film is actually an overlooked gem, and after yep. watching the first and second one, I think Timothy Buffsfield and the uh, character of Poindexter are probably the biggest revelation in rewatching the series. Although, watching number four, uh, Curtis Armstrong does make a uh, good case for being a better actor than you would remember. Also, that one has a hot Christina Pickles from uh, St. Elsewhere in it. It's a uh, nice-looking older lady, as Azama might say. <laughs> the third oh, like one, somebody my age. Now, the third and fourth <laughs> one were made for television. The third one, I think, has the most interesting plot and uh, subtext of, Nerds of, Nerds of the sucks. three sequels. And uh, <laughs> it's also worth checking out. It's nothing great. But uh, the whole box set thing leads me to a question you guys were asking about what exactly is the Eclipse box set from Criterion? Reading here from Wikipedia, Eclipse from the Criterion Collection is a brand for a line of DVD film series released by the Criterion Collection. It debuted in March of 2007. The brand was created to produce budget-priced, high-quality DVD editions of hard-to-find films. The DVDs are released in box sets that typically contain between two and seven films uh, across and focus on a specific film director. Future sets will also focus on themes. Typically, they are released monthly in order to keep the price low that the films do not receive the same degree of remastering nor the special features that have become associated with Criterion titles. Now, I think what this really means is that they wanted a way to put out a lot of films that might not sell on their own that they wanted to highlight. I think it started off as a way to showcase Bergman and Kurosawa films that they didn't think would sell as individual units. There are a couple of sets of note. There is a Japanese noir set, whose name I don't remember off the top and can't pronounce, that has some great films like 
occult as my passport and take aim at the police van. There's also a set of Japanese teen films from the 60s that have a very jazz, French new wave of film kind of feel. Uh, there's one called The Warped One that's pretty cool. There's one called The Black Sun that's about a, a black GI uh, who's on the run and meets up with a Japanese jazz fan. But the set I want to highlight is the only one that I currently own, and that is Finnish director Aki Kozamaki's Leningrad Cowboys. This set contains uh, Leningrad Cowboys Go America, Leningrad Cowboys Meet Moses, and the Total Balkan Show, which is actually just a concert, and it's also got some uh, videos. Now, if you've never seen the Leningrad Cowboys, you should go and Google them because they have amazing hair. And musically, well, let me play a little bit. In a Hollywood bungalow. Well, I think you get the idea. And this, uh, <laughs> you were like a little lady so, in a city, right? Till next good. time, Eric Reanimator out. Just another lost in I just sent you a photo of their hair. Oh, that cut off. Bing, 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 bing. Did you get it open? Oh my god, nice hair. <laughs> Giant pompadours. I think and their shoes match. are just like their hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of these fuckers before. I've seen them before on TV. The the Buena Vodka Social Club is the name of their website. They're Finnish. They're funny. Cool. I'll have to check those out. Thanks for all the info. Shins are funny. I need to go back and take some notes on that voicemail. I have, you know what's weird? I was just looking when he was listening to that. I was looking at the Revenge of the Nerds movie. I haven't seen the third one. I don't think. I don't remember God. a Ted McGinley fucking second. I don't remember a second appearance of him. Revenge of the Nerds 3, The Next Generation. I, I know I've seen the fourth one. And then the first and two I own. I don't think I've seen the third one. I need to, re I need to remedy that quickly. Remedy. Are you a, are you a Nerds fan? I'm a going to the bathroom fan uh -oh. here just shortly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I'm using all my willpower to to, to troop through this. So questioning me is not the best. All right, we'll, we'll move um, on. I watched the first couple, and it started jumping the shark there a little bit after. I, you know, so I just kind of hey, when 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 they got into that pop and don't preach phase, I tuned out. Uh, the um, I like the uh, oh my stomach's. <laughs> I like Snotty in the second one, the the, the like <laughs> Zen guru that's teaching Booger like the ways to be disgusting. Now, see, that's when I got a little bit like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the, this the is ridiculous compared oh. to the best.
funny. Fuck you, it's funny. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Fuck. All right, next voicemail. Silva and Hope, what's going on? It's James from various, various other podcasts. Cause... Oh, shit. I wonder if this is an answer to the... I really should screen this first. <laughs> God damn it. I should have listened to these first. Hang on one second. I'm pausing the show, and I'm going to listen to these. Yeah, and pause we'll the show, and I'm okay. going to take a crap. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take a, a, a millisecond break. We'll be right back. All right, quick break. I, I had to uh, check and make sure. There, there, there is an answer coming up, and um, I know it's not a big deal, but I'm going to turn it down when he answers, so here we go. Silva and Hope, what's going on? It's James from various, various other podcasts, because I have no job. But um, just calling to say, loving the show like hell so far, loving all the wrestling um, references, because being a old wrestling fan, can't help but uh, get half a chub every time I hear about Stan Hansen or um, just anybody at all. Got to got to talk about a little Paul Roma, you know, when he was in the Four Horsemen. Oh, that was pretty brutal. shitty. But, pretty Paul uh, Roma. Yeah. Calling to uh, answer the question for the Sound Rage poster. Wrong. Which, um, kills me every time <laughs> I hear her say it. The tattoo titty lady. There we go. All right, so he's answering the question. Dumb thing, dumb thing we have to do. No one cares anyway. Blah, 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 blah. No right, one cares. Um, apparently, I mean, she seems like she's into him. Or not. It's just very weird. But um, that and the, um, the one biker guy keeps, you know, saying, I guess. Garage. <laughs> Hysterical. But yeah, just want to answer that, but also just say, loving the show and just keep at it. And I actually, Rufus and I have to keep at uh, it's been awesome. We have to catch up because we're actually only one ahead of you. But this will be on the same number show as you, so damn you. But uh, so I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. So thanks. Yep. Uh, they, they do send awesome. Actually, I just started listening to it this past week, and we have inadvertently completely stolen their show idea with the with the double feature thing. Uh, well, you know, we. I, oh yeah, I uh, well yeah. I said let's do Rob Lowe movies. A whole just podcast <laughs> about nothing but Rob Lowe and Rob Lowe movies. It's true. The, the, documentary the blow now. the blow cast is what what Zom wanted to call it. So yes. Oh my God, man! I'm telling you what, this show is killing me. <laughs> <sighs> All right, two more voicemails, quick ones. Hey, yeah, this is Jake McLarge, huge. And gosh, after this past week with all this talk about Robert Zadar, got me to thinking about uh, a Mystery Science Therapy thousand episode or a movie called Soul Taker that had the one and only Robert Zadar. Also had Joe Estevez in it, a dude that looked just like Jim McMahon of all people. But uh, the reason why I bring this up is because they had the most appropriate description of Robert Zadar's um, interesting uh, physical characteristics, and he basically just said that his face resembled that of a catcher's mitt. <laughs> and that's about all I have to say. I just thought that was the most appropriate and precise way to ever describe that bizarre-ass mug that man has. So, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I um, was watching a, a guy doing an interview with Zadar, and he called him Zidar. Hmm. And Zadar didn't say anything. And Zadar looks weird. He looks kind of like a fat midget now. Um, <laughs> he's really fat, and his head's gotten bigger. It's like it almost looks like a big square cinder block. But his arms look like they got shorter. It's weird looking. I don't know if it's because he's really fat and you know or what, but boy, it does not. He looks bad. I mean, he looks like there's something wrong with him. Bad, like uh, he's sick or something. Bad. Hmm. Seemed like he was in good spirits though. Oh Ooh. yeah, and Sammy besmirched him. That was uh, yeah, that was Jake saying he was looking forward to seeing us in Nasty Natty. Okay, I'll be there too. I'll be there too. Can't believe it. What is that? It's like a, a week from now. Jesus. No. Ten days. Or mm, nine yeah. days. Or, no, it's about a week. So, uh, yeah, that's all the voicemail. Tom's dying. Suck. and God damn. Almost hit three hours again. I'm sorry. Are you everybody. sure you want to leave this page? Yes, there's a woman giving a guy a blowjob. <laughs> Are you sure? I you didn't sign in to see that. Cool. So it's that's... the... Uh, it's the uh, come in her mouth compilation zero, double aught zero zero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> click off, click off that. All right, that so uh, we're gonna get into what we're watching next week. Um, we uh, we're finally going to uh, uh, talk about the the title of our show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a couple movies. Uh, I think we've decided recently. Henry Silva also obviously is the Silva. I think uh, we're going to say, you know, the gold is kind of a play on words, like we're going to be doing some good movies, but I kind of want to make Dolph Lundgren... Since we Lundgren, haven't done any good movies, since we haven't we're going to change movies, that. We're just going to fucking make Dolph Lundgren our gold. If, you've, if you're on our Facebook group, yes. um, you're going to see some uh, fun photos of Dol- <laughs> Dolph last <laughs> week. <laughs> Very fun. Um, so we're going to do a Silva, and we're going to do a gold, a Dolph gold next week. We're going to do... Um, uh, 1974 movie starring Henry Silva, uh, an, an Italian crime film called Kidnap or uh, Fatevi Vivi, La Polizia Non Intervera. I don't know how to pronounce that, but That's exactly. that does not say kidnap. Um, and then we're going to watch 1994 movie starring Dolph Lundgren and God, I hope he's in it a lot. Tom, Tommy, Tiny Zeus Lister. Ooh, Catherine Bell's in it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, that's right. She is in it, and and um, she has um, fantastic uh, assets. Eyeballs. Uh, incest. What'd you say? No, I, assets. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, Men of War from 1994. John uh, Sales. Both are on. Uh, both are on instant. So you yeah. should guys should play along. You can follow along if you if it doesn't take you a goddamn week to listen to this episode. Jesus Christ! Yeah. And um, um, just so that you can follow along and share the experience, eat like a whole bunch of food for about two days, and don't <laughs> go to the bathroom, and then sit and and we'll do the whole podcast together. <laughs> Fuck! All right, so uh, yeah, we love feedback as as we've said many times. Uh, you can send us voicemail at two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred, or send us MP three voicemails t- or regular emails to silvagoldpodcast at gmail dot com. Our website is silverandgold dot com. You can also find us on iTunes, 
thanks to everybody that called in as usual. Um, you know, check out Paleo Cinema. I think I played a promo for them. Uh, check out Jake's podcast, the podcast about honor humanity, and uh, Rufus and um, and uh, God damn it, James. Sorry about that. The uh, check out Cry- uh, Criterion Cast. Do they do that one too? He's on a couple, but uh, Cine Awesome. I, I've, I've really enjoyed what I've heard so far, and um, thanks for letting us steal your idea. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Action Attraction, Metal Mikey. So yeah. And <sighs> so tune in next week to hear some Silva, true Silva, true gold. And um, until then, you got anything else, Zom? Oh, no, I'm hurting. Zom's going to go poop some more, and I'm going to go <laughs> fucking empty the dishwasher or do something <laughs> equally boring. I'm going to empty the dishwasher, too, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, oh, it's, it's a bad day, people. <laughs> oh, so, I might be having that fucking something like physical ailment. <laughs> I have a hernia. Uh-oh. A hyena. A I help hyena. Grandpa with his hyena. <laughs> so until next week, this is Loaf Oot. As I'm Oot. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>